Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it out. You're excited. <laughs> Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sordos and motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. everybody, it's Thursday, February 16th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show coming to you as always from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios. Visit business.louisville.edu to see what the UofL College of Business can do for you. On the air today from 3 until 6 here on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the land. You know it better as the Big X. Heaviest day of rainfall in the history of Louisville. Largest amount of rainfall in a single day ever. Broke a record that was set in 1891. We're setting, we're breaking all sorts of records from the early 20th and late 19th century this year. It's what we do in the city. It's what this month is for. Trevor Kelsey is here. TK, are you surprised to hear that fact? More rainfall today than any day in the history of Louisville. It rained. Oh yeah, it did rain, didn't it? Did you sleep through all of it? I woke up at one time because I think maybe subconsciously it made me had to pee. Okay. But I, and I think I heard rain, but then I went back to sleep. When did it start? Started in the middle uh, of last night. 1.93 inches of rain. This was 30 minutes ago via our guy Mark Weinberg. Breaking the daily record of 1.80, which was set in 1873. 1873. Were they really keeping records of the inches of rainfall in 1873? Studious records. They were Diligent they, records. They, they, they couldn't even refrigerate milk. Yet they could, they could measure the rainfall. <laughs> Yesterday, we broke a record that had been uh, in the book since 1883, and today we break a record that had stood in the book since 1873. Quite a day. Quite a day. Uh, I called BS on those records before this. You just yeah. don't believe anything. I mean, I mean, I mean it's kind of hard to believe that, they, I mean, 1873, like, we're, we're just... We're just, we're, we're just out of war. We don't we, we don't even have we, we we don't have refrigeration. I don't think everybody even has electricity yet. We're still somehow measuring and keeping accurate records of the amount of rainfall. I mean, it's not, I don't think it's hard to keep records of rainfall. Why would they even bother? We know they have other things to do, like worry about living past thirty. Record keeping. There've been record keeping's been going on for thousands of years. It's fine. Yeah. Priorities, people. <laughs> There's a reason why you dropped 1.2 million to the flu because you, you're worried about keeping rainfall records. I've got a question for you right <laughs> off the top. So uh, you, I don't know, you haven't seen the new Maper Getsy stand up. No, but, I have not. I, need, I do want to watch that though. But it's funny. He has a spiel in there that I have actually thought of in my life before. It's Always. very relatable. He talks about if you went back in time, how he's not sure that he would be able to prove to anybody <laughs> that he's actually from the future. I've thought this myself where they're like, he's like, you know, a guy's walking around. He's, you know, he's got a... I don't think it's in his new one. I think I've seen that. Stand, that it's, it's, it's in his new one. Okay, maybe but I just saw it on a reel and he's like, He's it. got it, you know, he guy's on a phone, and I'm like, hey, you know, one day you're going to be able to do that without a cord. Like, you should be walking around your phone. It's like, oh, really? Like, how does that happen? <laughs> he's like, oh, I mean, I don't know, satellites? Like, what, what's a satellite? He's like, well, it's metal. It goes up in the sky somewhere. He's like, he's like I would not even be able to prove that I'm from the future. Like, they'd be like, okay, give us something. Who's the next president? And I'd be like, oh... 
Lincoln, maybe. <laughs> I, I, I got, I got no idea. Yeah, hey, I could do that one. I don't know if I could prove it. Like, I don't know what I, what I would say. I don't know what I would do because I can't tell you how anything works in modern technology. But I'd be like, yeah, it's crazy, man. This thing called the internet. I would have a terrible time explaining it. I wouldn't be able to do anything well. What would be your go-to to prove that you were from the future if you went back in time to like say 1871, the time of previous time of of rainfall records here in the city of Louisville. I was 1871. I'm saying two years you're gonna have the record rainfall. No, <laughs> I mean, you can't do that. 1871. Um, and again, that doesn't prove anything. They'd be like, okay, you're lying. I think we're gonna have all no more horses. Everybody's gonna be in automobiles. You can't predict the future. You have to tell them like how it happens though. Uh, <laughs> as I'm saying, it's it's not as easy as you think it is. Like uh, we're gonna purchase Alaska. <laughs> Again, you're just telling them things that are going to happen. You've got no proof of it. I mean, I wouldn't even know what year we what year do we buy Alaska? Like we exactly, were, it was in the 1800s. It just didn't become a state till 19. That's the thing we've got. We, you and I, we we would be lost. We we would get stuck in time. We'd be stuck in the past forever. We wouldn't know how to get back. We'd be doing worse off then. We'd have to take jobs up as like I don't know. People who put on horseshoes, we'd have we'd have no life. Oh, we'd be dead in the year, two years. It'd be terrible. It'd be awful. Our internet, our, our internet, and our electricity goes off, and we're like just like in total Nothing. chaos. I, I could never be Amish. Like you don't even have electricity in 1871 in majority of homes. I could have never been a pilgrim. I would not have not have, not have survived. I would assume only your 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 upper upper class rich have like have consistent electricity back then, right? It'd be ter- yeah, it'd be terrible. It'd yeah. be an awful time for us. We would not you and I would not fare well. We wouldn't have a daily radio show. Nobody would care about it. It'd be awful. Wait wait until almost 100 years, people. You're going to get the Shawshank Redemption. We'd let you know. <laughs> uh, hit us up on the Thornton sex line today at 502-414-1450. And then make sure you download that Refreshing Rewards app. Save your money at the pump every time you need to fuel up from one of the 76,835 area Thornton's locations. Also, it's going to save you money inside those locations when you need a little pick-me-up from Thornton's. They've got the best food of any gas station in town. Some of the best food you're going to find, period. They have designated employees that only work with the food to make sure that it's fresh and delicious. So download that Refreshing Rewards app and then use it and then text us at 502-414-1450. TK, how are you today? Rested? Feeling good? Off. Not too bad. Um, oh, I, 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 need, I need to correct you on something yesterday. Good. And I need to kick myself because I thought about it for just a split second and doubted it. And I did not doubt what you said, but then realized last night I should have. Okay, what, what is that? Uh, when we mentioned Raquel Welch's passing, unfortunately. Yes. And I think, did I hear about Tim McCarver? Tim McCarver's dead, yeah. Him, Jerry Jarrett. I mean, that's the worst probably getting old is all your people you grew up with. Are going. I, I think he was 81 is what I yeah, saw. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, yeah, whatever you think about him, it's still sad. Anyway, when I mentioned Raquel Welch, I said, what's the first thing that came to your mind? You said... Uh, grumpy old man. Yeah, she's not in it. She's not. She's not in either one of those movies. Who You're thinking it? of Anne Margaret? No, I know Anne Margaret was. Or in. Sophia. Uh, Sophia. Sophia Loren. Good, that's yeah. who I'm thinking of. In the second one. That's yeah. who I'm thinking. You're exactly right. So I turned it because I so, so I watched the Louisville game last night, which I'm sure we'll get into, obviously. Yes. And I watched AW, which was not a bad show. Okay. And then I was, I, as I kind of promised last night, I was like, you know what? I want to watch Grumpy and Grumpy Old Men tonight. You're exactly right. That's who I was thinking. And so I watched Grumpy Old Men, and I thought you were talking about thinking about Ann Margaret at first. Because that's who I thought when you mentioned that, because I, I pictured the red hair. and No, because Sophia Loren, even as a nine-year-old, I'm like, do I have a crush on a grandmother? Because she was very attractive. Yeah, welcome to my Annie Potts face. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I always thought the thing for Peg Bundy, too. I never understood Al. Same. Yeah, I never got that. We've discussed it. Yeah, so anyway, so I'm watching, and first of all, Again, laughing my butt off because Grumpy Old Men does Good not movie. get the 90s respect it deserves. And neither does Grumpier as a sequel. But I mean, just so, yeah. But I, I thought about that and I was like, 
yeah, I, how did I not correct? Totally right. Because I totally paused right. for a second when you said it, and I was like, no, maybe maybe I'm just thinking wrong because it's been a long time since I've seen it. I, was I thought of, you were referring to Ann Margaret. Though, no, I was thinking of a different brunette who aged incredibly well yeah. over the years. Because both Rico Welsh and, and Sophie Loren were gorgeous. In oh, yeah, yeah. But Ann Margaret's still throwaway either. Quote, unquote, old age. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. I was totally wrong. You're, you're correct. All the opposite of Madonna. Okay, well, <laughs> no need to take shots at Madonna. No need to take shots at Madonna. Well, uh, someone's got to take a shot because some, t- some people don't wait 30 seconds and don't even get one off. Yeah. Well, oh, you like the segue on that one, didn't you? No, not really. No? Okay. No, it's okay. <laughs> uh, I This is going to be another struggle today. We're not sleeping in our house. The two sick kids are just, it's outrageous. John oh, no. refuses to sleep. Both not feeling, both does have like a strep throat. Has strep throat Virginia's got strep. John's got an ear infection. But now we're kind of worried that he's getting strep because, and there's no way, the scary thing is both Mary and I can kind of feel like my voice is going, I'm coughing a lot. You I mean, sound rough a little we bit. We got kids coughing in our face. 24 hours like we, we've had no school no help the last couple of days so it's just it's going to be impossible to avoid it they're both i mean virginia is a, a trooper she's like she, she can tell she's burning up she's not herself but she's still like dancing around like being good trying to help out as much as she can a little bit of energy left in her yeah she's she's uh she always brings a positive attitude usually and i think getting on the antibiotic is starting to help a little bit yeah. john is just you know, he just he's, he's a baby he didn't know how to handle it so he's was up from I want to say 11:15 last night until about 4 a.m., which was just brutal. Um, kind of me too. Oh, just, just, just. I bet you had so. grumpy and grumpier old men in the background. It would have helped cheer you up a little bit. I wish. I was just. I'm, <laughs> I'm very tired. Doing the best we can, but this is going to be a. You got to get a bit this, of a slog. This is going to be a attempt at a huge rest weekend for you. I think it's going to have to be. I've got. Yeah, we were supposed to do date night tomorrow night. Mary and I were both like, do you want to even like? <laughs> Maybe we keep the babysitter and just go to sleep. I would like just eight. say, yeah, go to a hotel and just just crash. Yeah, that may be what we end up doing because this has been <laughs> this has been rough. And that could I, be one of the better date nights any any married couple with two kids can have. You're not wrong at all. And this is <laughs> yeah, a, a time too where not being able to drink caffeine is not helping at all. This is it's 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 rough. <laughs> but we'll get to the, uh, the the topic of the day, which is Louisville last night against Virginia. Cards fall, which was expected. What was not expected was the cards fall by three and actually have a shot in the closing seconds to send the game to overtime. Uh, Louisville Falls, 61-58. It, it was, I mean, I think we can say, rough to bet, one of the better games we've played this season. Oh, yeah. There was a part of me, because... Which is kind of being common to say in a losing effort sometimes. For sure. I mean, well, yeah, there's only three wins, so... Yeah, it's, I mean, it's like... <laughs> you have to look. You have to go past those three wins to find some of the other better games we've played this season. There, like, a common theme for me... There was still never really a part of last night's game where I was like, they're going to do this. They're going to win. They kept fighting, and they, you know, there was a, they went back and forth when the score was in the 40s. Like, Withers did a nice turnaround to put them up by two. Uh, Virginia came back down, hit a three. I think Ellis scored a big bucket, and you're like, all right, they're at least competing. Maybe there's a chance, but I never really fully bought in just because this team, look, they, they, they don't know how to win. We've said this a million times. But it's when they were— for a reason. Yeah, when it was possible— you couldn't help but letting your mind go to the place where it's like, this would be one of the funniest wins of all time. All things considered, the fact that we've had some of the best teams in Louisville history just owned by this Virginia squad over the years. We had a Hall of Fame coach in Rick Rutino who could not figure out how to beat these guys. We had a very well-respected coach, uh, certainly at the time in Chris Mack, who could not figure out how to beat these guys. You know, we David Paget lost to them in an almost impossible manner with the NCAA tournament on the line. They've beaten us in the, in the conference tournament a couple of times. How incredible would it be for us to be 
clearly the worst team in the ACC, the worst team we've ever had, and to knock off a top 10 Virginia team that is, I think in my eyes, clearly the best team in the ACC. It would it just reminded me every day when we have games, I write those game previews and it, it bums me out writing like the the series history because it's it's a lot of Louisville leads the all-time series like 34 to 6, but they've lost 3 in a row now to this team and it's it's a whole lot of just teams that we have owned writing about how well they've done against us the last couple of years or earlier this season. And then with Virginia, it would have been so funny to be like, they've lost 14 out of 15, but they knocked them off when they had three wins in the middle of February. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't happen, but still. It's, it's funny because my buddy, former player here, DJ Yates, right before tip-off, literally sent me this text. Man, can you imagine if this, in all capitals, Louisville team, is of all Louisville teams, were the one to beat UVA? It would have been hilarious. And I just revised, like, no, I can't imagine that. And then at halftime, I sent him, like, a clip. I was like, him John Lennon's I, I only imagine <laughs> and I guess I'm the I can only imagine my mercy me video and I'm like you know just kind of like maybe I'm starting to imagine I kept thinking of the guy who texted us yesterday he was like you know the Reds started three and 22 before yeah. they got their fourth win and I was like this would be incredible if it actually if it happened again I, I'm with you though like the Florida State game going into that with down three I had like I had a good feeling about it like I was like I had a feeling that we could maybe hit a three this one, yeah, I'm even with so much time on the clock, only down three. With it's that, Virginia. Yeah, yeah. I, I I just knew, yeah. I mean, it just in, within two passes, I'm like, this. We're just gonna find a way to. I realized like eight seconds into that possession that we didn't have a timeout left because like, you know, like like I like think so yeah. many people, I'm like, call the timeout, Kenny. They they have no idea what to do. Call the timeout. Call the timeout. And I'm like, oh my god, they don't have a timeout. And at that point, you could kind of see like, it's the old. I mean, it, it, it's he the, used a timeout right before media timeout too. That's it's the. The complete inability, you, you don't have guys who want to be the man in that situation. I think LL sometimes tries a little too hard to be the man, but in that specific case, like Withers had a small opening early in the possession to take a three. So did Lance. Lance had a, a small opening early in the possession to take a three, and nobody felt confident enough to do it. Yeah. And Neither they, were great looks. But yeah. No, and also I think nobody had the confidence to to do what, what Kenny Payne wants in that situation, which is drive and kick. Nobody like wanted to be the guy who put the ball on the, on the floor, tried to go around their man, and then turned it over. Opposed to the, the Florida State game when they did it with probably less time than yeah. they needed well, to do that's it. That's Ellis. He's the only one who's going to try. I know, but still, yeah. Nobody else feels confident enough dribbling against a team like well, Virginia. I mean, do you want to see Withers dribble? No. But uh, every time Withers, I want to see them do something besides pass it around the perimeter of a bunch and then just hoist up the worst look of all time. I mean, every time I see Withers dribble, pass, uh, do uh, – Try to try to deep play defense. Anything but just doing a stand up three just makes my colitis flame up. Like it just gets me just, it's just, it's just I get so aggravated. He didn't play. I thought he played well last night. He he well, made a couple of silly mistakes, but he had. I mean, he had he eight rebounds. He was he was crashing the glass. He, missed, he was trying and he missed some good shots. He could have. He went one to seven. He probably should have hit two at least two more of those. He didn't have. He's they weren't seven bad. from three. He's oh, one of seven from three. That's I, I didn't. Realize and they were that some bad. decent. I mean, they he were all good bad looks. looks. Yeah, I mean, of the seven shots he took. I say maybe two or three of more bad looks, but he so he should have probably at least knocked down one or two. And I don't know if the, him jamming the finger, but I mean, just anytime he puts the ball in the court, it does make it just makes me scared. This was, you know, we've been very critical of Kenny Payne on this show, and I think other shows and other people have been as well. It comes to the territory when you're three and twenty-three at a place like Louisville. Yeah, one. Yeah, and you've lost one more extremely games positive thing that won. I can say is that we got more open looks from the outside against Virginia last night. That I think we have in most games that we've played against these guys since we joined the conference in 2014-15. I don't know if that was you know, by design, or if it was the players, or if it was Virginia, or what. But like we did a better job of moving the ball quickly when we gained advantages, 
and finding the open player than we have a lot of times against Virginia. Like, like you mentioned, where there's one of seven from three, which if you're looking at the box score, you're thinking what Virginia does. They take good shooters. They force them into contested 25-footers, and that's how you see your average go down just by playing them. And the reality is he just missed a bunch of, of good looks. Yeah, We got good looks last night. We only turned the ball over 10 Ellis's six threes were not on the best looks, but he made he, he did make some that were like yeah. But, but he that that's kind of his game. But that's yeah. I mean, he also took six threes. I mean, if he's if he's going to take four bad shots out of six, I mean that's a three pointers. I mean that's going to be expected in, in any forty eight minute forty minute game. Mike James is a guy who typically only takes really good shots from the outside. And I think he I thought he took his looks were all pretty much wide open. They were. He missed. Yeah, he only missed one, and it was it was still a good look from the uh, from the top of key. We. I mean, we played well. We, we we played a million times better than I thought we were going to. Marlins um, went one of seven. Didn't feel like that. Yeah, he he, he, he put, took good shots. He just missed them. Yeah, you're right. And which he's has been a kind of a thing for him. And all he's year. done a good job of, of utilizing the pump fake more and everything. Only turned the ball over ten times, which for us is oh, very good. That's zero. Very. very that's, that's a normal team going entire, an entire game without getting a turnover. I also thought. I mean, we for the most part. I mean, we are a very bad defensive team. But we played better than I thought we were going to against Virginia defensively. There were a lot of times where I mean, you could tell, like, like Tony Bennett would drop a play during a timeout. They'd come out, they'd get a wide open dunk, and you're like, this is well, they, yeah, going to happen. We don't have a big man when it be Courier when he put BHH out there or he's a nice trainer and definitely Withers. We can't guard the pick and roll. I mean, they're, they're, they're big men were just taking wide open threes when they can shoot the ball. And I don't know what their exact percentage was for their big men shooting threes, but I mean, it was just Vanderplas who's the big guy shooting threes, but he took eight of them, and they yeah. were all very, very open, very wide open, exactly. And it, a lot of times it was Curry not coming over on the screen properly, or or Brandon Huntley, had, or not much trainer because they didn't go at him as, as much as they did the other two. But they went at Curry every single second. Yeah, and they did it with BHS, and, and it's like you got you got to show a little more. Up. I mean, and it's hard because you got you have to have them in there for the offensive side of things. You can't, but there's really, it's, you got to take your, you know, the one you got nobody else. You got to take the crookeds with the straights and the same with Withers with that scenario is that, you know, like Withers, you know, with the bad foul that he got on the drive late in the game, cause he fell for a punk fake. He didn't, shouldn't have fallen for you. The guy's not going to shoot a three at that position. You need to know that you need to know where you're at in the game. And he's not going to take that three with you closing in on him. And he fell for it. And as a result, I think it was Clark that drove and he had to foul him from behind. Yeah. I, I, overall though. There were a lot of times early in the game where Virginia was getting what they wanted. They were just missing wide open looks. And they did I, miss a couple. Yeah. Like when it was, I, you know, when it was like ten eight us, and, and you know, we're kind of going back and forth here. I just kept thinking, this isn't going to last. Like they're just missing wide open shots. We're making some tough looks. And the and in actuality, I thought we got better defensively as the game went on, and I thought the offense continued to do well. And we just we we played for us incredibly well. And surprised me i thought virginia i will say i thought virginia played below their I, average i think you know I, I don't think this game is going to be indicative of what we see when we go to charlottesville on march 4th i would not be shocked at all if it's kind of a reverse miami thing where the first meeting we played really well and we have a shot to win and the second meeting is kind of it, it, it gets a little bit out of hand and that's just it's not even a knock on us it's virginia's really good and i didn't think they played well i don't time. know if i'd say really they, honestly, Virginia did not impress me a whole lot. I, they didn't play well. I mean, they didn't, and it just—I I mean, I watched this team, and I, I understand how they're the record. But this is when you talk about like past Virginia teams. This team is way down the ladder of like the top, but compared to the teams they've had in the last ten years, and it just—but they're gonna. I don't know, man. The problem is, is that a, I mean, they're just very well coached, so they're going to 
play good regardless whether their talent level is equal to what it was. But I just this is a team I could see easily going out in the second round. Maybe maybe Sweet 16 and an upset. You could. I mean, but those teams that you're talking about that were way better than them, they also, like most of them, also went out before the first weekend. True, true. They did. I mean, they did. I, I mean, I think that they are. I think this is the best team in the conference. And yeah, I think but again, that's, that's also saying like compared to these. Can I finish? I know. I'm just saying. I, I think they're the best team in the conference. I think they have the best chance outside of Miami to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament. I think. I think Miami is the team that, if you're asking me who goes the furthest, I can see them being the one that makes it to a regional final or makes it all the way to the final four. With you have to make the requisite comment about right draw, all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they don't beat themselves. We, no. we saw that. They may not have the, like Armand Franklin maybe is their most talented player. Uh, and they don't have like the DeAndre Hunter that they've had on some past nope. teams. But they do have guards. They do have shooters. They do have defenses always. Like I think they're I think they're pretty good. And I think that they just, they played a bad game against us last night, which is, is fine. We played a good game. And there's a large gap between us, the team that is 332nd in the net, and them, the team that is number seven in the country, you should expect if we have a game where we only lose by three that we played well and they played poorly. It's not. It's not. Again, it's not a knock on us. I think I thought we played a really good game last night. I thought that they didn't play their best game, but that's partly because of how well we played. I mean, uh, I don't think they're the most talented team in the league. I think North Carolina and Miami both had more talent. I agree with that. I think they're definitely more well coached than North Carolina, which is obvious for the record. But I think North Carolina. I, I still think Miami's the best team in the league. From from all around between town on the court and what the what the coach can bring to the, the table, I'm going. I still think Miami. I'm not going to fight you there. The only issue with with Miami is the defense is you can't be in the 100s and Ken Palm on defense and and be a legit I think national title threat. But um, they can get better. We'll see. But cards fall now have lost. Uh, we fall to one and 14 in, in the ACC. Virginia moves to 12 and three in the ACC. Also Georgia Tech won last night, so we are now. Two games behind them in the conference standings, but just one game behind Notre Dame, who we've, I think we've already been swept by. Is that right? Well, we only played them once, didn't we? We only played them once. I believe so. So we don't get yes. another shot. Yeah, we so, don't get another shot at them. So just they get the tiebreaker there. We're looking more and more like we're going to be in that 15 slot, but I'm going to say something. I wonder the, if it's the same thing I want to say. But go on. I'll let you go first. I might be picking a win tomorrow at the end of tomorrow's show oh well you're not alone on that one buddy although clemson did beat florida state by 40 last night i don't believe who clemson beat i think we got a shot to win on saturday i think we 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 need to win on saturday and just saying god help me like i left watching this game actually feeling positive so did i i mean i know listen i know the Pittsburgh. it was fun but here's the thing three last four games we've played good basketball for us just in general, really. I mean, yeah, and for us specifically, yeah. but not. I mean, you turn the ball over ten times against Virginia, anybody in this league, that's a, a well played game. I mean, you hold mm. them at least under fifty percent for half the game. I mean, it's and you and you you're able to shoot almost close to fifty percent on them, and that's not that horrible. I mean, in the Miami game, we definitely for us. And I know that somebody's out there probably think I'm a lunatic for like three out of four. You lost all three, and then the fourth you got beat by fifty points. I get it. But we're also talking about a team that has lost by more than 25 points this year than they've won a game outright. There are ways to be positive, and this has got to be the, the this is the first positive thing I think we've had since winning back-to-back games against Western Kentucky and A&M, Florida A&M for that, not Texas. Well, besides beating Georgia Tech. <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> Georgia Tech. Went I mean, winning a game is more positive than losing a close game. Uh, yeah, it is. But we just 
I can't help it. I mentioned this earlier in the year. If we just won one of those first three game, one point losses in the first three games, where would we be mentally in a lot of these other closer games that we we consistently keep not being able to get through over the hump? Or if we won all of them, if we won all three of them, yeah, games. yeah, all three of them. I just, I just, I just wanted one maybe, just one to let us know that guess what? It's a one possession game, guys. You can do it. Yeah, they, you can actually get over the hump. Since then, we've lost how many one possession games? Uh, five. Well, no, two. With the Sarah, well, the last three or, or two. Syracuse, Florida State, and then last night. So that's three. Three, yeah. I thought there was another one in there. I could be wrong. You're, you're probably right. I think that's it. The, we've lost three and then the, the first three. So six total games by three points or less, which is it's a lot for a season. I mean, we we tied the ACC record for most one-point losses, and we did it in like before the calendar flipped. Uh, it's We're not good in, in those situations for sure. Yeah, I know your boy said last night at the end of the game, and it's cliche, but it's like, you know, this team just doesn't know how to win. And it's you said it earlier too. I mean, it's it's a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. We literally just don't. I mean, that last possession just looked just kind of lost, and I wish we'd had the timeout. But I, I don't want to do the thing because I know people are already getting get up in arms about like you know no moral victories. We're three and twenty. I, I get it. Well, it's not a moral. Every victory. Con- every conversation that we have about games like this should come with a precursor. We shouldn't have to say it. Like nobody's happy that we're three and twenty three. Nobody thinks that we should be three and twenty three. No. Nobody thinks that we should be one and fourteen in the conference. Having said that, like putting that aside, I think we should be able to talk about this game openly and say like it was kind of a it was a positive. Like the, the team very clearly, and you heard I thought you have put out a good video today with L. Ellis and J.J. Trainer from after the game. Like they're not giving up. They're not doing they're not doing what Florida State did last night and losing by forty to yeah. Clemson. They're playing good teams competitively. And is it embarrassing to like have that be our positive this late in the season at a program like Louisville? Of course it is. Like nobody's again, nobody is happy about this. Yeah, and Trainer mentioned the Pittsburgh game in that that post game right. recently. Listen, we but we're, it's we're not better. It's again. better than the alternative. And I think that if you are looking for something to latch onto for positivity when it comes to the future of the Kenny Payne era at Louisville, which I think is everybody. Are there some people who maybe just are so done with Kenny Payne that they want to ignore any positive? Maybe, but I think most people are just trying to find some reason to feel optimistic i think the biggest thing that you can grab onto right now is in the midst of a historically bad season the kids are still playing for him yep they're still saying positive things about him after games they're still buying into the culture they may not be playing well they may frustrate pain you can i mean he he does the thing a million times on the sidelines where he just kind of throws his arms up but they're still (laughs) playing hard for him they're still competing and that's is it what you want to be saying at a program like Louisville on February 16th, of course not. But it's not its not nothing that they're competitive against some really good teams in conference play this late in the year when they've got essentially nothing to play for. Yeah, I, I don't want, I hate to use the word, the, <clears throat> I hate the phrase moral victory. So do I. And I, I don't think there is a moral, but there is, it may, while it's not a moral victory, it is, you know, just, it, it's building a stride and keeping it going and, and moving forward. And despite the Pittsburgh game, which, you know, I hate you know throw it under, but you know, and you include Georgia Tech win. I mean, that's like I said, that's what four out of five games that Louisville has played well in, and with with getting a win in one. And you know, they play this well earlier in the year. I mean, I'm I mean, we may we may have gotten a win at NC State. We maybe beat Linscombe. We beat win those first. And I know that's start. You know, you can't maybe beat at Notre Dame. God knows we would have won at Boston College. I don't know how we still lost that game baffles me, but. It's we I, you you said you said yourself at the tomorrow show you may have good news and your prediction I agree because 
I just feel like this team desperately with a, a night game. It should be a really good crowd. You got mm-hmm. the ceremonies there. Clemson, while I know is not what you know maybe ranked, we saw it when we played at their house that we can roll with this team. They're beatable. We can beat this team, and it's a team that's that is better than us. And for us to get a win against a team that's better us for the first time this year, I mean, the momentum I think could be really awesome. Really, I, I mean, I don't know about hey, I don't know about that. I, I mean, I'm saying because Duke Duke just just barely beat Notre Dame at home this week. I mean, I don't think it changes anything big picture. I think it's more of like a it's a celebratory night. We we well, it's not it feels good the season, to honor season's, right. It, it feels good to honor the 2013 team. It feels like that's their moment. That's the moment where they get to celebrate. That's the moment where they get to hang their hat on something. I don't think that they like carry that over into anything. What great winning at Georgia Tech? Yeah, I mean, who knows? George Six playing pretty well right now. Well, I mean, out of nowhere. So, so are we actually? I mean, kind of. I mean, I. I mean, we just played two of the three, two the two, two of the best teams in the conference, and lost, and and did lose. Yes, and we're also there's a reason why we lost because we're still. At, but I mean, you've got to you've got to have some positivity, man. Well, I, head I, up, I, I just Come did. On. I just did. I think you're just taking it a little bit too far. I don't, I don't think it portends. Come in there and tickle you. I, think, I don't <laughs> think it por- I don't think losing by three to Virginia like portends great things for the rest of the season. But I think they can beat Clemson on Saturday. I may not dig up one dead body, but I'll dig up the the, the, the spirit of yours here soon in a second. Well, I mean, I've been positive this whole time, and then you're just like, I think it did great momentum. I like, I I just I disagree with that. I think that's a little bit overboard, but I I do think that they're playing better. I think you can take positives away from this, and I think you can maybe take positives away from the future outlook for the program based on how this team is handling this adversity right now. They're, they're still battling. There's no question about it. And that's, it, it's not nothing. I mean, I, maybe I'm going overboard. Maybe it's just not just another great movie with Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. Maybe it's not. Did uh, they make a remake of that? I don't know. Okay. Let's take a break. When we come back. You're grumpy today. You're going to be okay. I'm not grumpy. I'm just, I just, I, I, I don't know if they made a remake of Overboard and I don't care. I'm sorry. You're grumpy. I want to talk about the game. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we can talk about the diff, the flight gate afterwards. Uh, if there's any significance there, we can take your text as well at 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton text line. Hit us up. Let us know how you think. Sorry, I just saw something. What, did you just forget your line? No, I just saw something we can talk about after the break. We'll come back. We'll talk about what I just saw, and we'll take text from you guys. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X.
again. Thursday edition of the Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. You mentioned it kind of in passing at the beginning of the show, but uh, Tim McCarver passes away. Legendary baseball. What do you think when you first hear the name Tim McCarver? Deion Sanders. I do too, and I hate no, it. You're always going to think that, yeah. The first thing when that, I, and I think of the family guy skit where he's like, this is as bad as Tim McCarver. He's like, the Yankees are as good in the first half as they've been as bad in the second half. As good half. as the Yankees are now. That's how bad they <laughs> yeah, have like, been then. <laughs> Those are the two things I think of. <laughs> yeah. I, I think of I, I think of I do think of that. I think of the Dion thing first. Yeah, yeah. You're a real class act, Dion. Yeah, real class. <laughs> I think of after that, I think of the the two thousand one World Series where he like the call of Luis Gonzalez's walk off hit. I saw that on Twitter and I'd forgotten about that. I remember that World Series, I was super into it. I kind of was. I was when I was rooting against the Yankees because I just hated it. I wanted to see the Yankees finally lose. I think I was rooting for the Yankees just because it was right from 9-11. I thought it was kind of cool how they kept like winning and crazy. Poor Ben Young Kim kept blowing games. Um, I, guess, I guess I just hate the Yankees more than I hate I guess, America. yeah. <laughs> I, it was a great World Series. It felt unfitting that the Arizona Diamondbacks I know. won it. If, you know, if, you're gonna, if the Yankees are going to get beaten in that situation in a great Game 7, you would have preferred it to be, I don't know, like you know, one of the better teams in the National League. The, the only the one thing, when they brought a spot on my faces, though, they did it by doing what the Yankees couldn't actually do well, and that's just buy a title. Yeah. Because the Yankees for so long kept in the 80s and, and even early 90s kept trying to buy everybody, and then it wasn't until the far, they let their farm system come around with, with Jeter and company that they actually, you know, hit their stride. But then that's, that's that also brought me spot. But yeah, I'm with you. Arizona was like Arizona, and Arizona's been so irrelevant since. Too. I know, I know. Like they've been that was like the one little like moment in time that they they'll always have in their in their franchise history. Speaking of baseball, Louisville baseball begins its 2023 season tomorrow, three o'clock, first pitch, uh, first of three games against Bucknell. You can hear all the action on our sister station, uh, 970 WGTK. They'll have all three games. They'll play on Saturday and Sunday at 1 p.m. It's a bad weekend to be a Bison. Bad weekend to be a Bucknell Bison. The, bi- the Bisons are extinct, right? No. Or the Buffalo is. No. Because World One was extinct. No. I've got that clip of uh, the Tim McCarver. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, play it. It's about a minute. Is that okay? Yeah, it's, it's good. All right, here we go. The one problem is Rivera throws inside the left-handers, and left-handers get a lot of broken bad hits in the shallow outfield, the shallow part of the outfield. That's the danger in bringing the infield in with a guy like Rivera on the mound. It's pretty well they called the broken back hit. Florida, center field, the Diamondbacks are world champions. I mean, straight up ball. He said broken back hit. And it was such a, like, dinky little hit to end this, such an incredible World Series, an incredible playoff. It was right over Jeter's head, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It was not a, not a thing of, be- of beauty, but Luis Gonzalez was a, a beast. He, he, it was the right man, it just wasn't the right play. But still a hell of a World Series. It's Rivera's only really blown save, isn't it? In the playoffs? Well, probably, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, assume he, probably, he might have had a few blown saves early in his career, but I mean, it was, it was they were few and far between. Yeah, he, for sure. One of the best. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, you know, not all time. Like, you know, relievers, even the best relievers are going to blow a couple blow yeah. saves. Yeah, they blow, I mean, what he did blow several a year. Uh, <laughs> it's going to happen. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sacks line. The one thing we haven't talked about uh, as far as last night's game is concerned, the Flake Gate, part, part three. <laughs> 
So the camera picks up Kia Clark, who, yeah, has been at Virginia for 75 years. He, they even mentioned that in the brackets. Like, the last 10 years, this Virginia team's been so good. And Clark's been here for all five of it. It only drives me crazy because he does the exact same thing in every game he's played against Louisville, where he's like just kind of, he's a forgettable whatever kind of force for the first 35 minutes, and in the last five minutes he just makes crazy plays. Like he, that's how they beat us last year in the in the conference tournament when they beat us by one. He was the one making those ridiculous plays at the end of the game, and he hadn't done anything before then. So it just it drives me crazy that this dude who's been there since the Carter administration just rears his head with you know. You know three minutes to go in the game and starts making plays. But anyways, the the game ends. Clark goes right over to Tony Bennett and hands him the ball. And at first I was like, is he really making them save the ball because he just became the ACC's all-time winningest player? Like, what a D move. And why is he giving it to Tony Bennett? Give it to a student manager. But then you read his lips and he says, it's so bad, is what he tells Bennett. Yeah. And so after the game, both Clark and I think Ben Vanderplas said, the ball was flat. And I saw a bunch of Louisville fans who were at the game saying, we thought it looked weird when they were bouncing it. Like It looked like it was just heavy. And Bennett says after the game, you could kind of imprint your, your hands into it. It's a weird thing. And I love how every Virginia fan was like, well, Louisville's cheating again. I'm like, this isn't like the NFL where we're just playing with our own ball. Like, both teams had to play with the same ball. You know we lost the game, right? <laughs> if anything, I feel like this gives us a redo on the inter- – we've been playing with flat balls the whole season. We didn't even know. Well, now, now – well, Kenny, Kenny just was like, I don't know. Maybe they had a different. Maybe it was a different ball. And then, like, and I know Ellis and 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 Trainer were like, well, I think Ellis' response was, wasn't flat for me. I mean, yeah. so I don't know if it was something the cards te- the cards preferred and just don't want to admit don't want to admit to it. But well, you would think you would th- if, 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 if it was going, a problem, both would say something, right? And if you were going to play with a like a flat ball against a team, you would want it to be against a team that's up tempo that would have like more trouble getting out in transition, but with dribbling a heavier ball, <laughs> like it, it makes no sense at all to like why you would, or I, I guess they, I mean, if anything, you'd want a bouncier ball because you are a bad offensive team, you're a bad whatever team, and you'd want as ugly a game as possible. So bouncier ball, more bad shooting, more balls clanging off rims, more long rebounds. Like it makes no sense that we would purposefully deflate the ball to gain some sort of advantage. Yeah, I mean, I remember teams used to. My dad would always say. And maybe it was true, maybe it wasn't. When we would go on the road back in the day when we were Doctors of Donk, very up-tempo, even in the 90s when Denny was trying to get up and down a little bit, teams would always put in brand-new nets for games against us because it was it took longer to get the ball out. Like, the ball would kind of hang in the net a I little bit, yeah, yeah, and so you couldn't get it and go. Um, and like Something like that would make a little bit more sense if you're playing an up-tempo team, but I can't imagine how flattening the ball would help us and hurt Virginia in the process. But every Virginia fan is just like, cheaters! They're cheating again. They're doing what they're doing. I'm like, explain to me exactly how this is cheating. You had to play with the same ball that we played with. I want to see the ball because the way Virginia talks, there's no way that ball would have bounced. Like the, the way they're describing it, it was like just completely flat. I mean, there's, you wouldn't, you think that would there would have been some notice, like you said, some people in the stands. I, I guess I just wasn't looking for it, so I didn't notice it. Yeah, it wasn't enough for me to pick up. Like it wasn't like you yeah. just, like, dribbled and it just didn't come up. Yeah, like, that, you know, but but the way you hear Clark and Mike Bennett and them talking, that's the what you would expect, right? I mean, they're talking about like Bennett's talking about you can get your handprint in there. That's a pretty flat ball. Yeah, and I mean that's that's not just like a little loose. That's flat. Yeah, Payne said that after the game. He said I saw the kid walk up to his coach Tony at the end and say, "Look, coach," and the ball looked like it was flat. Um, Vanderplas said it was a little bit the whole night. Payne also said, oh, I thought he just had a different ball. <laughs> yeah. Vanderplas said it, it was a little bit the whole night. I think I really noticed it that last possession. I got the rebound and I went to hand it to the ref, and it was like my fingers are just going way in on it. Um, maybe that also explains, remember the famous picture of Zion Williamson 
against us in that crazy comeback game where he's fighting for a, a help yeah. ball with Jordan War and his hand is like deflating the ball. Like his strong hand is so strong. Maybe this is a center thing. Kenny Klein, get off your ass and do something here, Kenny. I mean, you're the one that blow did, the balls up. You're the one that informed a 42 year old Trevor that different teams use different balls. They do, which, which is, still baffles me. I, I, me too. It's it's it's, it's I, crazy. I think maybe I just didn't want to accept that there would be there would be something so stupid for them to do that that I just didn't know they did it. But I did like the. The obvious joke. I can't remember. I, I can't give credit to the person, but the first person who responded to me and it was like, "Virginia literally takes the air out of the ball." I was like, "Oh, <laughs> nice. well done." Vanderplus did go to his credit. There's a headline for you. Yeah, he he did say it still bounced. It went in. Both teams had wow. to play with it. It was just really really flat, which is <laughs> it was clearly bouncing. We saw the game. But, I mean, his point is like it's not. It was flat, but I, I'm not alleging anything nefarious was going on. We had to play with it. They had to play with it. It was fine. It was just watching the way weird. Clark missed some of his clutch free throws at the end. I could see where that's probably why he's blaming it on flat because it looked like the ball kind of just went flat off the rim. Yeah, it's weird though. Like you know, having a flat ball should make shots. You know, it bounces softer. You should yep. get more of a, a true bounce or a, a better bounce. It should like not hurt you. But he clearly was agitated. I guess if it's something you're not used to, oh, it's going to bother you regardless. He is, yeah, he's, he's, he's up there. He's past his bedtime. I mean, yeah, it was exactly. It was like 9 o'clock. He's ready to have breakfast, Thursday morning breakfast <laughs> at this point. His food's I mean, starting to set, uh, settle in from his, you know, going to the, the country kitchen buffet at 4.30. I mean, the rain was coming, so I'm sure his knees were aching. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I get where he's coming from. Uh, but that was just, it, it can't be a Louisville-Virginia game without a big, think, of, think of if we won, though. Because you know everybody would be like, what the hell? Louisville beat Virginia, and there would have been this flat ball story, and everybody would have tried to have spun it into somehow this is the way that we did. Because there's no way Louisville could beat Virginia fair and square. They had to cheat to make it to get it done. I mean, if it's this bad, why, does not, why is there not a picture of the ball at this point? Yeah. Show me the ball. Yeah. I mean, you're, Show you're, me you're, your balls, Kenny. You're, you're telling me an entire team out. of kids doesn't have a cell phone camera? I mean, I mean seriously? Get rid of the flat balls, Kenny. Put some air in your balls. Make it happen. Well, you know, that's, that's what happens when you're 3 and 20, 502-414-1450. We've shared our thoughts today. Uh, let's hear some of yours. Texture says, I'm putting my conspiracy hat on here. Could U of L be playing 4D chess and deflated the balls to tank for to tank KP for cause? Again, I don't know how that hurts us. Yeah, we actually played well. I mean, <laughs> I guess like theoretically, again, maybe it helped with the turnovers. Could be. I, mean, I don't know how. The but ball doesn't bounce away from us quick enough. I guess. Unless Lance is throwing a fast break to the withers. I they mean. are easier to catch when they're flat. Yeah. And look, we are a team. We should celebrate complete passes when they happen. Like, pass complete. <laughs> we do. I clapped every time. I mean, yeah, we, we throw the ball away more than any team. So th- there's a good point. I mean, you would think that, again, a flat ball, I guess, would help them more than it would help us because we're a little bit more up-tempo. Than, well, everybody's more up-tempo than Virginia is, but we want to get out and run a little bit more. Flat ball would make it harder to do that. But How many fast-break points did we give up? Four? Last night? Off turnover, yeah. I think live ball turnovers, only, I think we only produced four. They only had two baskets off. Probably not many because they're not going to, even when they get turnovers, they're not going to push very I think they missed, they had they had the opportunity to one and miss the layup on one of them, I think. They did, you're right about that. But I know they had, I know they had the, they did have one, I do remember specifically, they got off. I'm thinking there was a second one too, I can't remember. But even then, I mean, that's Four, we give up an average of like 12 points a game off those type of turnovers. Yeah, I mean that's their game though. Like they're not going to No. They're no. not going to hurt you that way. No, they they let you they let you make those passes on the perimeter. They don't they don't overplay us like most people have. Texas what voice makes the Wolverine purrs and Mike or Mickey's? I've been doing the Mickey voice all morning. All morning. 
You've been doing the Mickey voice. Because Mary had meetings this morning, so I I was on like we, we you know we're covering the kids in shifts, and I was on like from like eight to twelve, and Virginia just wanted to play Mickey and Minnie all morning. So it was and like she's she's strict. If you if if you deviate, like, if I'm like, hey John, hold on a second, she's like, you're not being Mickey. Like, I, you, you, I've got to be Mickey the entire time. I can't get out of character. Can I see some Mickey? Oh, of course you can, Trev. Can you give me some Mickey? Give me, give me Mickey's thoughts on the the, the ball where in the ball. Well, <laughs> sometimes you're gonna have some flat balls, and sometimes you just need a little air in those bad boys. But didn't make much of a difference last night. I think we are all going to have a good time at the ball game. Oh, <laughs> every day. Thank you, Mickey. All I do every day. Texas, I'm not sure about rainfall record. Early 2000s was a deluge of rain one day, flooded my basement. Well, there's the official response. It's a good thing we're not doing the shows in Jeff. Anytime it rains heavily up there, that little bridge you go under. Uh, yeah. If, I, mean, I can see that. They close that road every time there's any kind of decent rainfall. That road gets closed. I can see that. It's very annoying. Texas, the KSR folks are doing their typical KSR thing and accusing us of cheating with no proof and getting 95% of their facts wrong. Is KSR doing that right now? Shouldn't they just be happy they got a win last night? Yeah, but what? Uh, I didn't. Even, I, I kid you not. I watched none of their game. I didn't even watch the highlights. I looked at the score and that's all I saw. I saw they were down at half, and then the next time that I glanced at the TV, they were up by like thirteen. So I just assumed they won. They won by three. By three? Seventy-one, sixty-eight, I think. Oh, yeah. they were up by a ton. I assumed they, they just ran away. No, with I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't even know that. I just saw their score and then kind of because I almost it was like right when I was going to bed and I was like, oh yeah, Kentucky crap. I always turn it back on. Yeah, I was because I remember like. When I was getting ready to get ready for bed, I was like, oh, cool. I watched the end of the UK game. I hadn't eaten dinner yet. I'll, that'll be something to watch while I eat. And then I came back out, and they were up by like 13, 15. And I flipped yeah. it over. Yeah. Watch more of the, the tennis. Now that you get the, the golf documentaries out now, i got to start with that too. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. So much to watch. On who? They're doing like a whole PGA Tour thing. So it's not just on like an individual? No. I mean, they'll focus on some individuals per episode, but it's like the the Formula One one and the tennis one. Okay. I everybody's, was going to say like, okay, yeah. Everybody's trying to jump on this popularity now. Texas says, 10 minutes in and still no mention of the basketball game. I love it. No, we, we met, we only, we, I think we started talking about the game at like seven minutes in. Yeah, we, we well, we, we referenced it and said we'll get to it here in a second. Too, yeah. I mean, you, you knew what we were getting at. We yeah. just had, there are questions that had to be answered before then. And then once you get in the basketball talk, you don't really get off it after a game. So... Oh, we'll still talk more about the basketball game. It, it, it was a positive game. It was. I enjoyed talking. If about it. it was, if it, it turned out like we, I think we predicted that we would talk less about it. Yeah, you predicted like a thirty-one point loss. You were like a twenty-four. No, it's not that we cover. I said sixteen. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Texas says that Pat Mahomes Kenny Powers mashup is fantastic. Tears over. Oh, it's so good. Have you seen this? I don't think I want to watch anything with Pat Mahomes. I got it. You, you have to watch it during the break because we can't play it on air. It's, well, if it's, Kenny, if it's Kenny Powers, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. He sounds exactly like Kenny Powers. It's unbelievable, but you have to, you have to listen to it. Texas says, soul-crushing loss felt like a Final Four game for me. No, it didn't. Come on. Did it really? No, I, even I didn't. Think That's got to be a joke, Dex. That's got to be a joking, Dex. I mean, even, yeah. I, I was, the Florida State one crushed me more than this one did. Oh, I did? thought we had, especially with, with having the shot we did at the, at the buzzer. Was, was crushing. I I mean, I got excited in the second half last night that we were like fighting back and, and going blow for blow with these guys. Mm-hmm. And I entertaining the, the hilarious possibility of winning this game, which would have been the funniest win maybe in Louisville history, was great. But there was never a point where I was like, I think we're going to do this. Where I think we're, I'm confident we're going to win this game. And so I think that made the... I expected us to lose, and it, I wasn't, like, crushed at the end of the game. Oh, the guy says, 
is just because I predicted us to win yesterday. Oh, okay. Yeah, if I'd predicted a win, we'd lost that way. I would have been more upset. No, especially if we had like money on the money line or something. Texas says, I'm actually very happy that we're 30 and 23. Stop. What do you think we get a first round pick? Stop. Texas, I'm not sure your narrative of hoping these guys are just a bad batch holds up. I feel like these guys were, if they were bleep heads, they would have had a falling out by now. Yeah, I know. This is, and for the record, let me clarify for anybody who's listening. I'm not saying that I think these guys are bleep heads. I was saying if you're of the belief that Kenny Payne is like the guy and this is all about the players, you kind of have to hope that these are just – it's a bad group of players and it's not about the co- – because if it's not, then it's at least somewhat about the coaching staff, right? If, if these kids are are trying hard – and it is, it is difficult to – they're competing narratives. If you're sitting here and saying – Look, pain is great because these kids aren't giving up despite being three and twenty-three, and you know they're they're buying into the culture and they're still working out and here and playing hard. You can't then, on the other hand, just say, "Well, these are terrible kids." Chris Mack couldn't get couldn't get through to him. Kenny Payne couldn't get through to him. Nobody could get through to him. You can't really have it both ways. Which it it all leads back to what you and I have been saying since since really November, when Louisville basketball is this bad, it's not one thing. It's everything. It, it takes a complete total collapse for the cards to have three wins in February 16th. And everybody has to contribute to that. I don't know how you divvy up the blame. I don't know what percentage belongs on the players, what percentage belongs on the administration, what percentage belongs on the coaches, but everybody deserves some of the blame. It has to be an all systems failure for you to get to this point. So yeah, it's hard to sit there and be like, well, these kids suck. You can't get through to them. Chris Matt couldn't. Kenny Payne couldn't. That's why we are where we are. And then in the next breath, say, see, they're still playing hard. They're good kids. They're trying to, to work hard for Coach KP. It doesn't – those two ideologies compete against themselves. No, I, no, I agree. I think that it is, yeah, everyone contributes a little bit. And I mean, there's the positive. That it is, and it's kind of the word of the day. Like PB's Playhouse, everybody go crazy every time you hear the word positive. But that is, is that, like, unlike last year, despite that team did winning more games, there isn't everyone fighting each other constantly now I yeah mean, we're not hearing from everybody on a daily basis but we know. would have heard something if this was happening yeah and there could there could be some anger in some, in some of the players and, and frustration and i get that but at least the, the frustration isn't coming you know oozing into the into the team chemistry like it was For last sure. year where you know people are fighting over chicken sandwiches and players are just basically throwing everyone on the bus and press conferences and it's just a total mess now i do think there's there's certainly a lack of on-court team chemistry. Like we don't seem to play well with each other, but like there's not, like you said, there's not behind closed doors. It's just like getting in fights after games, even after wins. I mean, we got in fight after we won an, an ACC tournament game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I do like to think that we have. He's finally found kind of a, a, a the group that does play best together and a rotation. It's taken a, while, a little longer than I think it should. Yeah, he's shortened the bench, but he has shortened the bench, and now we're pretty much, you know, you're looking at pretty much whether hopefully. On the Hatfield being able to contribute as well with with Curry at that five, and then you have basically you know Miller playing a little bit of minutes, but mostly you have your, your Lands Withers. Withers is, is such a it drives me nuts because you need him out there because of his ability to stretch the court and, and his, his offense ability, but everything else just hurts the team in so many ways. It's we so hadn't that, mentioned this before. You you brought it up there in passing, so we should clear, go ahead and say. Bernard Hatfield plays last night. Yeah, yeah. So that puts to bed any of the you know the rumors out there about him. You know, this was not an injury. This was just he, he wants to be out of here. He's playing. Yeah. I assume he's going to play the rest of the season. That's good. I assume he'll play some more minutes, I would hope, against Clemson. 
Uh, we could definitely use him because he does when he's out there, he's able to stretch the court a little bit for us more and, and open up lanes for the drives, which Curry can't do. Uh, unfortunately, neither one of them are very good defensively, but it's, it, it's you got, like I said, take the crookets with the straights. Texas is Trevor Hyde today. This is the most positive I've ever heard him. He's way beyond where I am. Not enough, really, but <laughs> I mean, I just, I am. I just, I, I don't hate you for being positive. I know it's crazy to think like you just lost four in a row, but in three of those four games, I mean, Listen, I mean, I, and the Pittsburgh, I know, it was 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 a real kick in the deflated ball, but I mean, we've been, I mean, we, we're 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 so, we're, I gotta see Clemson. Clemson's gonna be a, a barometer because I feel like we should really be. I feel like kind of like we did when we went in the North Carolina game, and that you know how that worked out for me. Bad, very bad, and that was at home as well. So and Clemson's not as good as North Carolina. No, and there's gonna be, there's some circumstances that will probably, you know, we had a good crowd. I'm sure for the North Carolina game. There'll be a better crowd for this Clemson game, I think. Maybe, obviously, I think it should be at least with the, with the ceremonies being and the ceremonies and everybody there. It's it'd be such a the perfect timing for a team who's played so hard three of the last four games against teams that they probably shouldn't even be that close to playing for a state aside. That that they can knock off Clemson and get some momentum going into these next two road games would be just awesome. Uh, this guy also at three or nine after we talked about the game for like two minutes as well. Time to go back to the grave robbing talk. <laughs> Not today, my friend. Not today. Nope. Nope. Looks like the Undertaker. This 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 corpse is risen from the grave already. No reason to undig it. We're coming up, baby. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we'll get more of your guys' thoughts at 502-414-1450. The cards almost squeak out what would have been, I, I don't think it's hyperbole to say, one of the bigger in-conference upsets in the history of the ACC if they had been able to knock off Virginia. What does it mean? What are you taking away? Are you playing the moral victory card? Or are you not playing the moral victory card? Are you just happy that Louisville was competitive and that's enough for you today? We're taking all your thoughts on the Thornton sex line. We'll be back with hour number two. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 
Listen as your day unfolds. Challenge what the future holds. Try and keep your head up to the sky. Lovers, they may cause you tears. Go ahead, release your fears. Stand up and be counted. Don't be ashamed to cry. You gotta be, you gotta be bad. You gotta be bold. You gotta be wiser. Now we're here at the Brotherhood Show on a Thursday on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Reminder, if you miss any segment of any Rutherford Show or any of our shows here on 1450 The Big X, you can find every episode via podcast wherever you find your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever. Just search 1450 The Big X and you'll find every episode of The Mike Rutherford Show. You also you have to search Kentucky Roll Call. they got their own page. So if you missed KRC, you want to hear T.J. Walker and Nick Roush. They don't want to hang out with us. They don't. They're, they're too cool. Yeah, uh, we hang out with Matt and Beers and and Rashawn. We've got our own lottery group. That's the thing. <laughs> You're in two different ones. I got to check my lottery tickets. I bought Tuesday and Wednesday. They don't know how to check them yet. Uh oh. I might not be here tomorrow. You might not be. This this could be the last <laughs> show that we have Trevor on. <laughs> I'd still do the show. I think maybe just remotely, from my from my private island in a hot tub. In a hot tub. Every single day. I tell you right now, if we if I win the lottery, the first thing I'm gonna do for you is I'm gonna put YouTube cameras up in here. I love it. I'll pay for it. I love it. That's good. Uh, we're getting closer and closer. Tomorrow's show, I think, is actually going to be fun because all due respect to Clemson basketball. <laughs> this weekend is not really about the Cards versus the Tigers. It's no. more about celebrating 10 years since the, the 2013 national title. I'm excited to share some memories. Uh, I'm excited to get your thoughts. I mean, I, I know that you know, we didn't really know each other 10 years ago. I want to see here how the national title was. From your perspective, what that was like for you. You, you were at the game, though, right? I was. I was at. Uh, you from, went as a fan, though, not under media. Yeah, I got, I got tickets from U of L, which was great. I can tell you that whole better, story, yeah. which was very nice. Um, but I was at the from the Elite Eight through the national title game. I was at those three games, yeah. um, which was was great. It was awesome. The only one I missed was the uh, first round game because we did a we did a remote that ended like right at six o'clock at the time of the game, and I was like, I can't make it up there. <laughs> I was at the Lexington, unfortunately. Uh, we've got so I'm excited for that tomorrow. I think that'll be fun. Tiger Woods, by the way, is playing at uh, Riviera right now. Back PGA birdie the first hole. Yeah, the casino. He's playing golf at the casino. Oh, no. The Genesis Invitational at Riviera Country Club. He birdied the first hole. He won it now through three. Big Cat back on the prowl. Yeah, I see Tiger's trending right now along with uh, Bruce Willis and Priest Holmes. Priest Holmes is trending because I was wondering why it, all it's why, that one yeah. question of like who, what running backs. To find the game when you were growing up, and I was like, "Why is Natron Means?" <laughs> and then I saw all these other like running backs Marion Butts at? from that era, <laughs> and I realized why. So that was like, cool. I don't know why Bruce Willis is trending. Uh, he apparently has um, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, he just got diagnosed with something. He retired from apparently retired from acting. I didn't know he retired officially. I knew he'd been sick. Yeah, he's uh, aphasia. What was it exactly? Yeah, I don't want to get to... Yeah, Frantasia Dementia. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Which, uh, dementia is awful to deal with. Yeah. That's really sad. I mean, yeah. I, I yeah, cared for my grandmother the last few years of hers. It, was, it comes at you quick, too. It sucks. That does suck. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I guess I, he, he officially retired from acting. I didn't... Well, what was his last movie then, I wonder, officially? I feel like I only saw that, like, last year. When I didn't even out. realize that he, I didn't realize he had retired. 
That sucks. Yeah, my, my trending topics right now are Sancho, Tim McCarver, <laughs> and Depression. All oh, well, there, yeah. Just, just, it's all. His officially his last movie was a direct-to-video. That's not that's not how a guy like him should go out. He did a lot of direct-to-videos, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Ever since 2019. Oh, maybe that's just because of the COVID stuff. It's all listed as direct-to-video now. Maybe Direct-to-stream? Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, he's got. I mean, he did one, two, three, four, five, six, seven movies in 2021 alone. Didn't stop. Didn't let up. I saw that the the Jack Harlow the White Men Can't Jump remake is going. It's like straight to Hulu, and I was like, <sighs> they're not even going to bother putting it in theaters. I don't know how this is going to work. I, I love Jack. I like that he got the role. The trailer was not good. His commercial his commercial wasn't bad. I thought the commercial was good. It was the yeah. I mean, I didn't think it was you know drop down hilarious, but it was. At least it's something that I've been begging for for the last couple of years. Something new and original to give me. I liked it. At I least thought, try to be funny. Try to give me well something done. new. This just commercials, while they weren't like the best, they were at least more original than I've seen over the last five or six years, I feel like. You have strong opinions on the commercials. I do. Yeah. I mean, we got the we got yeah, the Ben Affleck one was kind of chuckly funny, you know. He's working at Dunkin' Donuts. You know, and then you've got uh, you know, the Jack Harlow one. And there was another one that caught my attention, too. Well, the, the farmer's dog one, but that just made me sad. I didn't really see any of the commercials. Oh, you, you're lucky you didn't miss that. It's just the one where the girl just, like gets the puppy, and then it goes through like the puppy's age, and it's just, it's just why are you showing lazy me lazy tugging at the heartstrings? Oh, I mean, you have no it's idea. Such a layup for that. I was like Nick Sirianni in the during the, the yeah, I was like crying. I'm like, God, now we're gonna like it made me sadder <laughs> than we lost the game. We're gonna lose <laughs> in the dog commercial at the top of it. <laughs> the poor dog. She has a kid now. Another dog's being ignored. <laughs> I'm like, I want to. I'm like, Khaleesi, come here. Like, I always do that. I do the same exact thing. I'll have my entire life, too. It's like 3 a.m. I'm like, Molly, get over here. <laughs> just same stuff. Uh, yesterday, we did not get a chance to talk about this, and we'll mention it just briefly, but charges against Chris Beard uh, were dismissed. The, that came out very late in the show, I yeah, think. Yeah, the, the former Texas coach. Yeah. He has put out a statement. This was about an hour ago for the first time saying, quote, I am pleased with the announcement that charges against me have been dismissed. While I always had faith and confidence in the truth in this outcome, it has been extremely challenging to wait patiently and not publicly respond. I'm sorry and deeply remorseful to my family, friends, all my players and staff, both most recent and past, and everyone at my alma mater, the University of Texas, including the fans and supporters who were affected by the situation. I would also like to thank all those who have reached out to express encouragement and love during this difficult time. You're basically template apology. Yeah, he's not going to there, be. There's nothing. That, 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 I guarantee that apology was ripped right off the internet. Yeah, he's not doing any chest. Night. I told you. I I told you. Now. I'll be back next well, year. Well, that's the question. Is he coaching next year? Or does he have room to be picky for where his comeback tour starts? I think he can be picky. He can be a little picky. Not I think extremely picky, maybe, but a little picky. I think you and I are probably on the same page here where some schools might be hesitant to hire him in a month. Because, I mean, coaching carousel is going to start here in about a month. Yeah. Maybe somebody doesn't want to hire him. early in New Mexico State. Oh, that's true. Maybe New Mexico State is open. I don't know if that would be the best time. Well, we at least know he's going to discipline the kids. <laughs> I mean. It was kind of sad. Like, there were, when the, the, I, I saw the tweet announcing the charges had been dismissed yesterday. And, like, every single, every other comment was like, Chris Beard in Louisville would be perfect. He'd fit in perfectly at Louisville. And I was like, come on, man. Like, I, this, don't get me wrong. This I, is I, why Louisville can't hire him. Well. <laughs> they I mean, can't. They probably can't, and they probably will get a shot to because, like you said, I don't think he's going to be around available long, and Louisville's not getting rid of Kenny Payne next after this year. So, I mean, it's just not going to matter. Here's what I think happens. 
Selfishly, though, I love Chris Beard as a coach, so I would. He's not, a hell of a coach. I would not hate on him being at Louisville. I give two bleeps left because he's an a hole off the court. I just want to win. We just won three games this year so far. Yeah. <laughs> My answer to your question is: I don't think he coaches next year. I, I think, can see that. I think he has. I think he'll get offers. I think it'd be from like that pool of good mid major to very bad major program, and I think if he waits a year, you'll have somebody come calling who's solid like a an sec program where he can win you have a program where he can take over and do like a nato thing where nato goes to alabama yeah, yeah you've got infrastructure there it's not a basketball crazy program but you can turn them into a national title contender i think he'll go to a program like that i mean who would be, and he'll win the problem is it's like who's who would be actually hiring at this point if you're well Ole miss Ole miss could be yeah georgia i don't think would be looking at that time vanderbilt may maybe at that point vanderbilt might uh, I don't think they're. Really... Oh, they just keep giving Jerry Stackhouse contracts. Yeah, and he's not doing. He's not horrible. This he's year. not. He's, he's also not good enough to get the extensions that they keep giving him. That's true. But would Texas Tech come back if they flop again next year? Who's they? I mean, yeah, I just, I could see. Yeah, I mean, it's, I could see him being hold. I could see him holding out for a year if he wants to, you know, chill out for a minute. Let's let the let everything you know blow over. Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech could be. Pac-12 jobs are always open. You can, you can always yeah. go to the Pac-12. There's always money in the banana stand. There's always a job open in the Pac-12. You can always head out there and turn one of those programs into a winner. A couple years, boom, you're back in the Big 12. Back in the yeah, Big 12 or SEC. Or I can ACC see that if you want. I don't know if he would fit in the ACC as much. I, it's kind of oil and water in the ACC with him. I mean. Yeah, you think that, but then you look at what Virginia's done. They've kind of yeah, but Tony similar Bennett, defensive Tony, Yeah, it's similar style, but Tony Bennett's actually a nice guy. Well, sure, but they're a-holes in the ACC, too. <laughs> I mean, Beard, listen, I, I'm not going to defend the man as a human being, but as a coach, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna, i go down swinging with him. I mean, he's he's one hell of a coach. Uh, the other thing that, that we I wanted to mention in the first hour that we didn't get a chance to get around to, I don't know if you saw this story out there, but a big recruiting win for Jeff Brom, if you want to view it in that way. Just another. According to, to Bruce Feldman, who covers college football for the athletic Texas A&M came after wide receivers coach Garrick McGee twice in the past couple of weeks. Both times he ended up turning down the Aggies to stay with Louisville. That's it. I mean, I know Brom thinks very highly of Garrick McGee. McGee obviously has been at Louisville before. I like that Garrick McGee. I mean, think about this. This is an opportunity for him to go back and work with Bobby Petrino again. And he's like, no, A&M's where Ruben Owens is, right? Yes. So they just completely after our sloppy seconds all they, over the place. They're co- kind of coming after us. They're not just out of the baseball <laughs> tournament last year. I mean, we got the game scheduled against them coming up. They are are going after our recruits. They're wh- taking Bobby Petrino. Why are they siphoning through our trash like a raccoon over here? Like wh- wh- needs, they're doing what te- they want. Little brother mentality. They're trying to do everything that Texas has been doing. Texas has been stealing from us for years. That's and true. And now A&M is like trying to get in like on the football side and be like, we're doing it too. That's how they talk, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> in their overalls. We're in the SEC. Don't forget. Like, that's, that's, that's their voice. <laughs> Remember our baseball team? We blow bubbles. Get I mean, in my face. I mean, even, even, the, I mean, even Jimbo Fisher was was a steal from the other ACC school in general. You want to talk about recruiting class rankings? We want to talk about wins and losses. You guys suck at football. Your coach is a joke. You yeah. hired Petrino. We're going to wipe your... Does Petrino finish the years. year? Oh, that's a good question. I'm going to say... <laughs> My bold prediction is that it lasts exactly one year. He le- he lasts the year, and that's it. He's gone. The only way he's there more than one year is if they just get rid of Fisher and promote him. I think that that's 
it, entirely correct. I think it's very possible. The, the problem is, is though, for Michigan to have such a bad year, they would probably blame the offense in some way, too, and then, then they both fired. We've got to get rid of Jimbo. <laughs> I can't stop doing the A&M voice. I mean, they're, they're only, I mean what, what would be Jimbo's buyout? Isn't it like Calipari level? It is. It's, it's bad. It's Good bad. Lord A&M. Don't judge just, us in October. Judge us in August. Just because you're, just because you're, just because your your school shortened for ATM doesn't mean you need to throw out money like it. Let's talk about our Yell team. Hey, it's it's a, Gary I, don't, I don't know why they sound like elves Christmas, but they do. Who wants some cookies? God, get out of it. But anyways, Garrick McGee not <laughs> Texas going. A&M Keeblers. Not going to Texas A&M. <laughs> sticking here at Louisville. I do. I mean, because Garrick McGee, he is one of the guys who. Ron well, probably likes him for his because they met back in the. Uh, he's a good recruiter. I've I, I, I interviewed him a few times. I've never had like a, a social interaction with him, but from everybody I know at U of L who, you know, who who did know him back then, he was wildly popular. Uh, has a great family. Very glad that he's back in the fold, and also very glad that he said thanks but no thanks to working with Bobby Petrino again because he'd rather work with Jeff Brom. So I think that's good news, and also get off our deep. But you, Ruben Owens, is gonna realize that here soon too. Come back in a year, Ruben. We'll have room for you. Jawar's probably gone after this year. I mean, we'll queue up the creed with arms wide open, baby. That's fine. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. Uh, you guys have mostly been talking about uh, the game from last night. We'll get more of your thoughts here. Texture says, uh, by the way, Mario Rivera blew a big save versus the Red Sox in 04. He did. That's yeah, they, I remember that. Part of the reason I why did, they lost well, that. For some reason, period. I guess they don't record blown saves on the reference page for him. Because I don't think that was official Well, Sports Reference doesn't record like half the stats. That well, should, yeah. But blown saves also wasn't an official stat till recently, right? I don't think so. So, But he did have multiple losses in, in several years. And I, I would assume that if he's got a loss, it's probably a blown save. Probably a safe assumption. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's a limited. Like, one year, I think he had 22 losses. He could have easily had still four blown saves. I mean, I would say he'd have. He blew, out of 732 regular season opportunities, Rivera blew 80 saves. That's still a pretty low number. It's incredible. I mean, it means out of nine out of ten times about, he recorded a save, which is outrageous. That's got to be percentage-wise. In the postseason, he had 96 appearances. He saved 42 games and blew just four. That's unreal. That is. Texas says positivity will, with this team will happen once we can string together several games playing that well and getting a couple wins in the process. Until that happens, my opinion of this team in KP isn't going to change. Sorry, gave me, uh, I got bad news for you. We only got five games left. Yeah, and but well, I mean, we almost meet your criteria anyway. Three of the last four games we've played well, and, and four of the last five included a win. Slater says, Mike, I'm not sure how this, how do you prove you're from the future? Question to Trevor went in your head, but you really should have known better. I still don't get where I was wrong in your, your description. Because you're not proving saying. Well, you, you said point. cell phones. That's like predicting. That's the same. I can say the same thing you you said to me. I know, but I, that was my whole thing is I couldn't tell you how they work. Like you have, you can't just say something's going to happen. They could be like, okay, prove it, and then you're like, well, if we're talking about like 1871. How about I just show them a string and a ball and just like, look, you attach the ball to the string, Again, and you flip you're it not, up, and you you're not there it. with anything. You you have to like create that. Could you create a string and a ball? If you get, I don't know if I could. I don't, have, I don't have that much confidence. Well, in I don't myself. know how to make a. I don't. Have, I, I would get me some wood and a knife. I'm sure one of these people could whittle. I mean, that then you're just telling them what to do. I mean, they know what electricity is. So they they may not own it, but they've heard of it. I'm just saying, you and I would both get stuck in the past. We have no way to convince anybody that we were actually from the future. I mean, I would baffle them. They'd be like, "How is anyone this big from this this day and era?" <laughs> you'd be some sort of giant. You'd be. I would be Andre the Giant. You'd probably get treated as a god. The past may work out great for you. You know, Andre the Giant was only like six ten. 
you told me that before. Yeah, it's crazy the, the just the the legend of, of the lore that is under the giant. Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> he had your doggy paddle. <laughs> Texas says one uh, on a positive note. JJ Trainer seemed to be the most improved player on the team. He hustles his tail off. He does. There's no question about I, that. I, I'm a huge JJ Trainer fan. I, and I was you hard, hated Trainer at the beginning. Well, I was hard on the year because I felt like he had, he showed no improvement, and it was just I I think I just it was a little hard on him because last year was such a complete waste of his time and ours. It, I think it really did hurt him, and it's taken him some time to get used to get back into the groove and. I mean, the hustle and the heart's been there from day one, and the skill level is just starting to finally match up. Yeah, I think he can be. I, hate, I hope he has. Can he? Can he pull a COVID year in some way? Because I know he's a junior now. Can he be? A, can we get a third? Another? I don't think so. I would really love to. What, what was his first season? If he's a junior now, then 2020-21 was his first. So that wasn't the COVID year. So he's no. He he's got one year of eligibility left. I hate that because he's just the perfect like glue guy on a team that makes a run of the title just petition wow, that's a, quite the leap you just don't even leave stay you might notice that's what clark's been doing i like that you went we went right from like he's getting decent minutes on a three and 23 team to like he's a great glue guy for a title team yeah you put him yeah or, or a title contender yeah a team your, that can make a run your leaps today are just you're you're, you're jumping high well i'm thinking that's why i'm thinking three years in the future not well, next year yeah Texas, I met what I said on Twitter. If Louisville did win the ACC tournament, I'll walk nude on West Broadway. We're winning the conference tournament. We're going all the way. Why West Broadway? I want you to walk nude through Oldham County. <laughs> From West Broadway to Oldham County. Nude. Like you walk through like West Broadway, people are just going to be like, eh, crackheads. Just what would you do naked. if we won the ACC tournament? <laughs> would you walk nude on West Broadway? No. No. I would. Uh, what would I do if we won the ACC tournament? Yeah. Because it's happening. I mean, I'll get a shirt with that picture from my my trophy on it. Okay. You know the picture I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I think we can win a game in the ACC tournament. Would you walk naked? No. I'm not signing myself up for that because I think it's going to happen. We're going to win it all. <laughs> there have been there, There's a weird history in the ACC tournament and a lot of these power conference tournaments where the team that finishes dead last, I guess, comes in like... They've known for so long that this is their one chance to like play a meaningful game. They've been waiting for this for like since mid-January. I think they come in with more of a just hungry mentality. It feels more refreshing for them than the team that finishes like tenth or eleventh, depending on what conference you're in, who you know maybe has been a little bit more up and down. And that team that finishes dead last winds up winning the game or coming way closer than they should. I will not be surprised if we win our first game. On ACC tournament Tuesday, think, we're, we're gonna play a bad team. I think, especially if we can keep some momentum that we've got going, maybe we beat Georgia Tech, maybe we we beat Virginia Tech, or at least play with them and, and don't get completely destroyed by Virginia at Virginia. Then yeah. And by the way, for the record, on that bet, my my, my issue is not with the nudity; it's with the walking part. Okay, that makes that makes sense. Because <laughs> can I get on a rascal and just ride down West Broadway? <laughs> sure. <laughs> we're gonna be the the ACC. We're, we're probably going to be the 15 seed. Okay. Which means we'll play the 10. And even the 10 is going to be probably Boston College or, or Florida State. And oh, we can beat either one of those teams. I would love to play Boston College again. If the tournament started today, we would be playing Boston College in the first game. Oh, I mean, we're beating Boston College. I'm still just baffled that we lost them in the first yeah. place. I can see us I can see us winning that game. Uh, Texter says, I want to hear Mickey interview Trevor's exes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want him to burn the body? No, just, just dig it up. I just wanted to return it to, to me, and I, I was going to take care of the rest. What would you say if, I don't know, 
you had to sell parts of that body for money. Well, I mean, no, that, no, he he didn't. He wasn't an organ donor. <laughs> he, but he told me off the record and not to his family that he wanted to be cremated. Texas says Mike's Texas A&M voice is a mix of his Petrino voice and the Martians from Mars Attacks. He just needs to add the Mickey element, <laughs> and it's perfect. <laughs> it does sound a little bit like my Petrino voice. Well, I don't know why you want me to go to Texas. Well, I just wanted Garrick to come down and play with me again. Yeah. You're quiet over there. That's how Bobby talks. Texas McGee not going to A&M because they're a bunch of cotton-headed ninny muggins. Are we allowed to say that? Yeah, it's, it's from uh, Elf. Oh, that's that's again, I've never really watched Elf. I never, I never got an Elf. Texas says, a lot of talk about blowing on today's show. We can oh. stop at any point in this time. We're talking about Louisville basketball. Well, what do you expect? And balls. Yeah. Aaron Balls. Uh, Texas says, Chris Beard's charges drop. Time for the rumors start that he's looking for houses in Lake Forest. I mean, everybody. Every other comment. Fitting great at Louisville. Louisville and Beard, perfect match. Stop. First of all, I mean, is it a perfect match just because he's a good coach and we want a good coach? I mean, I don't think that's I don't think that's the implication. I don't yeah, because I don't know how else he's a perfect match anywhere, really. We're 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 a city that prides itself on bourbon. A dude's clearly an alcoholic. I mean, that's I don't think that's a perfect match to you. I mean, do you want me to walk you through this? <laughs> They're saying he's a criminal. And we're a renegade program. Oh, no, he's innocent. It was dropped. Yeah. Texas says, speaking of KSR, here we go. Did you see Roush complain on Twitter last night about the Lenardi segment right in the middle of the first half of their game? I mean, doesn't he know they have big blue Jimmy Dykes doing most of their games? How does he think most of their opposing team's fans feel about that listening experience? Hi, Roush. Hi, card stalker. <laughs> okay. I didn't see Roush on Twitter. I didn't see him complain about it, but I But in fairness, I the, if I had to sit, my favorite team was playing, and I had to sit through a five-minute Lenardi bunker segment in the middle of it, I'd probably complain too. Oh, I, I hate the bunker. They do it. They do it all the time. It's like five minutes, and they put you on a split screen. It's like, Lenardi, why are we doing this? You can't put this on Sports Center, and if we're, instead, I mean, Lenardi claims that one time a girl actually spent the night in the bracket bunker, but she's she's from Canada. You didn't know her. <laughs> met her at summer camp. Random. Met her at summer camp. Lenardi not married. They should love Lenardi, by the way. He's got them. He is, as of today, he's updated bracket. He's got them in the tournament now. I once dated a Canadian. This is like, this is what Lenardi does too. He's become. People are like, well, we're in because last night Lenardi had us out, and today because we beat Mississippi State on the road, Lenardi has us in. Lenardi's bracket means nothing. I'm gonna have to go on this rant every year until the day I die. It means nothing. When we lost to Duke in the ACC tournament in 2021, he said there was a 100% chance that we were going to still be in the NCAA tournament, and we weren't. I don't know if you know a lot about statistics. I don't. I can tell you when somebody says uh, something's 100% likely to happen, it should mean that there is no wiggle room whatsoever. He was completely wrong. He was. He's. He, his bracket is always in the bottom 50 percentile of all the people who do this thing. Stop listening to Joe Lenardi. I feel like Joe Nardi is your is your Carl Sheffers. Oh, I, I, I just I don't, I don't short, fault him for what he's doing. The short time I've known you, they're just like that's like the one thing I don't even want to bring up because I know you're just going to get into like a 30, 30 second rant. I don't bl- I don't even blame Lenardi. <laughs> like he got him in, he got in on this thing from the ground floor before bracketology was a thing. He was the first person to really do this, and and somehow he's become synonymous with it. My problem is ESPN acting like his opinion means more than the other eighty five people who do this and do this better than he does. 
It's ridiculous. And it's also not the hardest thing in the world. We have like we have a guy when I was doing the college basketball job who did his own bracketology and like you follow the net rankings, you follow the, the quad wins, you follow the losses, you, you look at how teams are playing in conference play. It's not the most difficult thing in the world to do. And he acts like he's the only one who has access to this material. It does kind of drive me Yeah, crazy. the majority of people who do focus on it primarily are just as correct as he is. Yeah, they're, they're better. His bracket always finishes in the bottom. Like He's like the 25th percentile. Now, he's better than Jerry Palm, who every year is like the third percentile. I'm like, why does anybody listen to Jerry Palm? Yeah, Jerry Palm still did brackets. I don't think Jerry Palm has access to like the internet, so he's still just guessing with based on it. He's like, <laughs> Read through a Dick Vitale magazine. He's like, I think Iowa State's going to be a top two seed. Everyone's like, no, what are you, Jerry, no, this is not how this works. Stop. Texas says, did you see where, as uh, Garrick McGee, yeah, uh, very cool. Glad that he's staying. Texas said, I am officially ready to say that J.J. Trainer is a decent player. Yeah, I would say that. You're joining Trevor on the bandwagon. The J.J. Trainer is decent bandwagon. He's, there's improvement to do in his game, especially defensively more than offensively, but the fact he he hustles has really made a difference. He plays so hard. I I, I can't, he and Hersey Miller both play super hard when they're out there. He, if we, if we, can, I can't fault him. We give him a third year and have a team that could be a tournament contender. He would be like a Shane Bahan on that roster. A guy that's going to get the loose balls and, and just do the little things that, that matter the most. I saw that we have. I don't have the stat in front of me. Thankfully, it's not the same. I mean, they're, don't get me wrong. Don't let me think I'm comparing with Shane. They're not too complete. For sure. Stable, I'm just saying. For sure. That glue guy type position. He's got. I mean, we have. I'm trying to find the stat now. We have. Going into last night's game, we had 33 dunks in the season, which is incredibly low. I think I saw the set, yeah. Trainer had 17 of them. And I know I he, had, he had at least two dunks last night. Yeah. So he's got, on a team where, you know, you've got Brandon Huntley-Hatfield, who was this NBA talent potential, Sidney Curry, who was dunking on everybody last year, who's got one dunk this season. All these, Jalen Withers, you know, built better, more athletic. Trainer has more than half of our team's dunks. Well, in fairness, I don't think Curry was in shape enough to dunk until about three weeks ago. Which I still don't understand. So, I mean, he did have a dunk last night, though, after he threw the guy from Virginia like, across the, the lane. The, the biggest push off. Which I love that they didn't call it because the call they called on, on the on the shot clock violation, right, for the horrible call. It was a bad call. I texted you, I was like, is Carl Shepard's ref in this yeah. game? That was, and then the announcer, I forget, I forget his name now, the. Cornette is calling. Yeah, he's Jay like, that's a good call. I'm like, I what know. are you watching? Jordan Cornette last night, like right before that play happened, he was talking. He's like, Sidney Curry has no interest in guarding Ben Vanderplas right well, now. Well, that's the truth. And it was he was not going to guard the high pick. He was like letting him shoot. And then, then the, the next possession was when he just shoved off and got the dunk. They're like, Curry got away with a little bit of a dunk. And I was like, I want to say that he's hating on Curry, but he's exactly right on both those. Statements. He was. He, he wasn't bad. Just that one annoyed me because, like I said, he, he was not a foul. I don't care. The look on Vanderplas's face when he turned around, he's like, Are you kidding me? He's like, he just shoved me out of bounds and just grabbed the rebound and nobody did anything. But who else do we have to dunk? I mean, I don't think James is really. Do you even have a dunk this year? I don't. I mean, L's not going to dunk it. I can tell you right now. Huntley Atfield has six. Mike James has four. Roosevelt Wheeler has two. Withers has two. Curry has one. Okora Forrest has one. Withers has two dunks. He should have more. Then he gets kind of hard to get a dunk when you can't dribble the ball to the lane. <laughs> he won our dunk, dunk contest at 4th Street Live when he was a, a redshirt freshman. Right? And we happened one last year. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, again, this is a terrible dunking team. We have been dunked on 45, 45 more times than we've dunked. We're the doctors allowing dunks these days. It's embarrassing. Second least dunks in the ACC. I believe it. Highest dunk differential in the ACC. 
Well, also, you got to remember, a lot of those dunks that, that have come on us haven't been, like, on us per se, but that's fast break dunks. When you just hand the ball to the other team. Yeah, and just let them ride on the dunk, yeah. I mean, that's, that's where the majority of those, that difference is, unfortunately. Take a break. When we come back, more from you guys on the Thornton Sex Line at 502-414-1450. More making fun of Texas A&M as well. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 961-The Big X. Well, you know, we, we, no one's going to break our stride like Matthew Wilder. We're keeping our head up like Tupac. <laughs> we got to be stronger like Desiree. I like it. I like the theme. Yeah, we, we got some more. Don't worry. You, you, we got, I got a couple more for you. I like the positivity. What did you watch after the game last night? It had to have been something inspiring. It was AEW, actually. Oh, how was AEW? It wasn't bad. Well, I, I did fast forward a little bit through some of the, the match, but it was uh, had some uh, nice little bloody match with uh, Moxley and uh, Claudio versus... Uh, the your boy Roosh and uh, Nick. and former ten yeah Roosh, um, Angel um uh, uh, Orange Cassidy opened the show. You win in a big eight man tag. They won. Is he still the champion? Against Jeff Jarrett, who of course unfortunately recently lost his dad a couple of days ago. So uh, props to him for even wrestling out there. I mean, hold on, let me guess. Remember, is Orange Cassidy still the All Atlantic champion? Is that right? It? 
Nah, look at me. Still got it carried in a backpack. He's still champion. He defended the last Friday against somebody, I forget. The AAC. I love yeah. the AAC. But uh, a lot of it was pushing the uh, the upcoming pay-per-view on March 5th, which is going to be, looks like a fun pay-per-view. What's it called? Uh, it's Revolution. Revolution. I was going to guess Armageddon. No, they only do four pay-per-views a year. Oh, not because like, WWE, they used to do one a month. They, well, they still do. Oh, they do? Yeah. They, no, AEW kind of sticks to the old policy of just doing, they flipped it a fifth one before. Uh, which was like a New Japan. It was called uh, Forbidden Door, but they did a, a joint thing with New Japan. But uh, this, yeah, they only do the four. They do a Revolution in Feb- usually late February, March. Um, Double or Nothing will be in Vegas in May, and Full Gear is after that. I'm trying to remember what the fourth one is now. I'm drawing a blank. All, all at all in. All right, all right, I like it. All in, which is a play on the first. Show they did, which was called, or All Out, which is the first show was called All In, the first show they ever did, which was was, was sparked AEW. Creative. Yeah. I like it. So, there you well go. Done. Now you learned. So that's why you're in such a good mood. That, that, that put me in a good mood. The, the grumpy old men and grumpier old men. I mean, how can you not laugh? Ox. Nag. I mean, the dad alone. Bacon, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Even though it's sad at the end. But, it is sad. He, but I mean. Yeah. That, it's Burgess Meredith, right? No, it's uh, the dude from uh, Hey Guys, George Burns. Is the is the dad? Yeah, he's like nine, he's literally ninety something years old. Yeah, oh. and he's like he's great. Smoke up. He's like, I mean, yeah, he just he grabs the beat. Every send her over to me. You gotta <laughs> mount the woman, honey, son. <laughs> and if you ain't man enough to do it, send her my way. See, that's why you're in a good mood. I went to <laughs> when I was finally getting ready to watch TV. My son started screaming bloody murder, and then did not stop for four and a half hours. And <laughs> I slept four hours combined the last two days. I mean, two completely opposite lives. Yeah, it's not great. I'm over just winning like five, six, six straight games with the Eagles and Madden while laughing my butt off. It uh, was sad to think that we, I mean, we've lost them. Matthew and Lennon are both gone. But that's a great combination. Another underrated movie, My Fellow Americans from the 90s with Jack Lennon and uh, the dude from Maverick. I forget his name now. That was another funny one. Never seen it. Never saw that one? I don't think I've ever even heard of it. I saw it in theaters a couple times. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. If you got thoughts, get them in. We're still reacting to last night's aim. Also, we've been talking about a few other things. Uh, remembering Tim McCarver, who passed away today. Um, Tim McCarver's one of those guys who, like, my mom even knows who Tim McCarver is. She does? Yeah, because she remembers him from his St. Louis days. My Memphis mom and, days. and wife have no idea who Tim McCarver is. So, okay. I feel confident in saying that. Well, Tim McCarver has been doing it a long time, though. He has. Yeah. Or he had been. Yeah. Passed away at the age of 81. Trevor and I both remembered him mo- most from the Deion Sanders incident. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, one of the better videos out there. Oh, anyone older than us probably remembers him as a catcher from, like I said, his St. Louis Cardinals days more than anything. I think. And then he did, because he did radio for the Cardinals, too. After he that, did, yeah. He? yeah. He's from Memphis, I believe. Mm. 502-414-1450. Texter says, Trevor, we're not hiring Chris Beard. Please don't. Oh, I, I'm not getting my hopes up. I'm, this isn't bring Brom home. I don't think we're, we're not bringing Beard back. Bring Beard here bring, for the first Beard time. Beard back. BBB. <laughs> I don't see it happening. I'm just saying I wouldn't. I would be okay with it because I think he's such a good coach. But no, I don't see it happening. Texas, the Ram truck commercial with the pun on erectile dysfunction was good. I don't remember that one. That one I don't remember either. For some reason, there were some decent ones. The Steve, uh, a lot of it's based on nostalgia. You know, it, they're pulling at the nostalgia strings of, of mostly '90s stuff because now I think about it, '90s have been 30 years ago. Yeah. I mean, in the 90s, we were seeing it for stuff from the 60s and 70s. I mean, we're the only ones who still watch commercials or movies or TV. So, of course, they're, they're, that's why everything is targeted at you had, us. You had, you had a clueless ad. It's all know. memory berries. You know, you hey, had, remember this? 
Remember that? <laughs> Steve Remember Martin. That, that was now, fun. Now we had the Grease ad with John Travolta. We did. I mean, that's kind of, that's 70s, but mixed with Scrubs. Did you ever watch Scrubs, by the way? I know. I couldn't get into it. I've seen parts. I've never actually sat down. I don't think I've ever seen like a full episode. I like I have my one of my roommates or but I guess he went roommates hung out the house a lot back in college. Buddy of mine, uh, Telly, uh, we call him that because he talked just like the guy from Kids, the character Telly. But <laughs> anyway, uh, he loved. He'd always watch it. And I'm like, I, just, I can't get into it. I don't know why. I just could. It didn't ever did anything for me. Th- that that was that time of the year, like the mid 2000s, where like head. all those shows about hospitals and medical stuff were like a big thing which reminds me of they still are aren't they well i guess a lot of them are still on I, the, the when i first transferred because i went to dayton for my first two years and then bellman for my my last two years of college and one of my best friends was going to bellman i'm like this is great like he's already got friends there like you know i, I get the social layout of the social scene and like one of the first nights where i go to like hang out with him and his like bellman friends they're having they watched gray's anatomy when it was on like they lived in the dorms and so i'm like all right whatever like like i'm gonna go here let's party i've got so i bring like a, a case of beer with me i'm like anatomy party i'm like dressed up I'm, I'm wearing like jeans and like a button up like ready like maybe we'll go to the bars after or something like this i walk in like it's like it's like four guys and like four girls they're all wearing scrubs they're all like pre-med nobody else is drinking i'm like this is the worst decision <laughs> i've ever made in my entire life i sat there i'm like this is gonna be i, I was like le- i legit went home and was depressed i'm like does nobody have fun here like this is this is gonna be a horrible social move for me this is terrible i've never watched an episode of Grey's anatomy i think that's the only one i've ever seen the only thing i can think about Grey's anatomy is it was actually a part of the trial i was on jury for because <laughs> one of the witnesses kept pointing out that, that the noises she was hearing in the built next door neighbors was during Grey's anatomy oh wow. like she kept emphasizing it was at eight o'clock at the time of the, the noise because of Grey's anatomy i'm like i'm, I'm sitting in the jury box like I don't know if the time of the bleep Grey's Anatomy comes on. <laughs> I'm always shocked it's still on TV. There are always commercials, and I'm like, I can't. And I think it's now. I feel like it's been about to end for the last five years, and now it's officially about to end. Well, ER went on for like 20 years, didn't yeah, it? ER was on forever. Have you, have you ever gotten into a medical show? No. I don't think I have either. Like From General Hospital to ER to Grey's Anatomy to... Does Unsolved Mysteries count? What was the one that had, uh, not Denzel Washington, but Blair Underwood in it? Um, Howie Mandel... Saying elsewhere. I've never even heard of that. Turned out the whole show was the uh, imagine. They, they, they couldn't find him an ending, so they made the autism kid. It was all ima- imagination. Oh, entire show. Brilliant. Like, yeah, wait. Yeah. Thanks the for laziest the laziest possible. Laziest ending. Epic thing you can do. I mean, do. they were like, wow, we can make uh, Patrick, what's his name, from Dallas for not to be dead and just be a dream. Then we could do this, right? <laughs> that's, that's, that's awful. I've never heard of that show. It makes me hate it. It's the Blair Underwood and Howie Mandel were in it. Texture says, uh, TK, you just espoused the other day to quote the who, you won't get fooled again, and yet here you are. You did just kind of go through that thing again. I know. Like, I'm never picking us to win again. I know. I North know. Carolina game broke me, and now you're listen, you're leading the charge. Listen, here, here's the thing. Again, I've, I've used this quote twice already, but I know. It's, it's crazy to think that I could be excited about a team who's lost more games by 25 than they've won outright. But I, darn it, I'm a fan, man. And let, let let me let me fall for it. I'm gonna fall for it more than more than this. This is the first time I'm gonna turn, go hypocrite and fall for it again and get burned probably. This is like U of L basketball right now is like like my Ike Turner. I just keep coming back, and they keep hitting me in the face with a boot, and yet I still return. Texas, Maybe now we shouldn't hire Chris Beard on that snap. <laughs> Texas sends in a, a a list from Big Game Boomer who I've already talked about before. It's ranking the top 25 men's basketball programs of all time. First of all, Big Game Boomer is a football account, so 
I thought it was. Big Game Boomer also ranked me as like the second best college football pundit in America. So if you want to believe this list, then believe that one too, which is the, the most ridiculous thing I've ever the seen. One on the list. Yeah, it's <laughs> the Big Game Boomer lists are, are awful, but he's got us at 10, which is atrocious. Didn't what? Number 10 in all-time college basketball program. Oh, <laughs> 10 worst season in history? <laughs> You'll be on both those lists, actually. Texas, I'm not much of a moral victory person, but encouraged by what I'm seeing out of JJ. I think he can be a good anchor for next year. If you're talking about guys that you want to come back for next year, I think Trainer has to be on your list. Yeah, but Trainer's not a guy that's going to like be a go-to guy. No. He's, he's a role player. Like you said, he's a glue guy. I mean, that that's what this team seriously is lacking. It's someone who can, you can give the ball to at a clutch moment and it can, it can go one-on-one. And I'm not asking for a Trace Jackson Davis level player. Who, by the way, did you watch that game last night with them? I saw they came back. I mean, they came back. He's just such a he's just a man of my boys. Is Northwestern gonna be like a six seed? I mean, they're they're playing off their ass right now. I'm assuming the only reason they jumped on that big is that you see what Northwestern was wearing. Like they stole it from the ABA files. I didn't see it. Oh, it was like the most bright, colorful. I don't even know how it was connected to them, but it apparently was in some way. Like our uniforms last night. Yeah, which yeah, I'm still confused about. I mean, I hate them. I just. They did a release talking about, like, explaining the I still didn't rationale. get the connection, to be honest with you. I was like, I, don't know, I thought it was more of a gay pride salute than it was anything else. It was so colorful, mm. but, yeah, well, either way. If the kids liked them and we play well in them, I'll wear them every day for all I care. Yeah, I like the uniforms. Oh, we, if, we're gonna play, if, if the kids enjoyed them and it made them play better, then put me in it. I'll wear one I'll wear one to the game. Uh, Texter says, nope. Texas says, nope. <laughs> Texas says, nope. I'm seeing improvement in bunches. Who would you like to see stay? From hey, Actually, perfect question based on what we were just talking about. I mean, I think Mike James has been the obvious answer for a couple of months. I would love to see Mike James and Withers come back. Or not Withers, but uh, Trainer. Trainer. I would like to see Withers come back. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think he is. I would like to see LLS come back for his, his last year. I, know, I From what I've been told, it's probably not going to happen. But I think that you can, in a different role, with better players around him, I think LLS can be a very good college player. The problem is, is who can we get coming in next year? Clearly not a freshman class. In the transfer class that can be a go-to guy that we need. I mean, we have nobody that can really... Ellis is the best thing we have to creating his own shot, and he's barely... Well, we don't have anybody. That's why you have to kill him. You're right. Before. I mean, I'm trying to be nice to Ellis by saying he can sometimes do it, but he really can't. There's not. No, that's not. He's playing, he's playing a role that he should never have to be playing. And I think if you have him as like an ideal situation... I think LLS would be a perfect fit as like a six man coming off the bench and, and being an instant spark, like instant offense type role. Well, it depends on what level you're hoping to be at. Yeah, like, if, on a tournament team, you can be a starter. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that, yeah. he, but if we're talking about getting in an ideal world, which is well, being a national title contender, then, I think he's a perfect six man. But yeah. next year, if we can be an NCAA tournament team, I think you can put him off the ball and he can be a guy who scores a little bit less than he's scoring right now because he's more efficient. But you need, you need a floor general. And Ellis is doing the best he can. That's not, I mean, I, I said it since the summer. I'll say it again. He, he's not a point guard. He's no. not. He's, he's I, I mean, give him credit, though. He has improved. Oh, no question. He's been I great. Mean, you watch him in November and December when he would get in that lane. He, he Some of the passes he made last over the last three or four, over the last couple of weeks, he was nowhere near doing that in November and December. No, he's gotten a lot better. The assist numbers have gone up. The turnover numbers have gone down. Yes, he's he's playing the role that he's been assigned much much better than he was. I still think it's it doesn't fit what he does best. No, it doesn't. I just I just wish it didn't take so long to to get it to where we're at. Well, you know what would have helped? We're just signing another guard. Not to go back to the summer, but my God, give him another guard would have helped a lot. I mean, poor Hersey tries. He does. He plays hard. But I mean, he's. I'm not gonna knock him. I mean, but he's. 
I mean, he's what, I mean, did, I don't know if this term was still used back when you put in pickup, but he's what we call a self-check. You know, you're not, your defense is not going to bother with him because he's probably not going to shoot the ball anyway, even if he's open and there's a reason. I mean, it's just, he's limited. There's yeah. No and, question and about right it. now, I mean, but he dubs defensively. And sometimes that's, that's the problem with Withers is again, I mean, is the juice worth the squeeze? What he brings to us offensively, what he takes away from us defensively. I think it is because he also do play. That's the problem, yeah. yeah. And you saw, I think you saw it last night with him trying to, to get into Withers. He made a bad play, and he brought him out. He put BHH in. He put, you know, Lands made it the same thing. He took him out for a minute. I, I did like the little more rotation thing, even if they're playing major minutes. Texas says, Trevor, I love your music. If I was a girl, I would let you give it to me any day. <laughs> I don't know how to take that. I, the only part about the text I didn't like was if I. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, thanks. <laughs> Texas, if we win the ACC tournament, TK has to pull vault nude. No, I don't want to. I don't, no. Again, that's your trauma. I mean, I could try to pull vault. No, we don't. We don't want that to happen. I'm going to pull vault one day. I won't be nude. Maybe, well, he's not starting by the time I get up there and back down. Who knows what will come off. You're not but. getting up anywhere. <laughs> I can talk to my ex-girlfriends. <laughs> I, I can't believe we still have to have this conversation. You cannot pull vault. Just because Louisville's balls are deflated doesn't mean everyone's ours. <laughs> Texas, that settles it. Win the ACC tourney. Halftime show first game. TK skates nude wearing only a cape. Lose out. KP coaches next year on skates wearing a cape in his Star Trek outfit. I've never been on skates. <laughs> you gonna... Have you never skated? I told you this the other day. You don't listen to what I say. I knew you haven't sled. I mentioned, yeah. I, I said I've never. Is that what the other thing was? I knew you said two things. Yeah, because okay. we would go to champs and I'd be the guy That's hanging right. out on the side. You're the arcade. You never. I mean, I'm just too big and uncoordinated to skate. I'm just not my. I've never. I've actually never. I don't know if I've ever tried because I had a next girlfriend did try to take me to ice skating one time. I was going to ask if you ever been ice skating. And I got the skates like half, partly on, but I like I walked. I, I wouldn't go on the ice. I was like, no, no, sorry. I'm like, I'm done. I'm not even going to try this. And I did skateboard once in when I was eight. I was bad at skateboarding. Because I got my Back to the Future skateboard at my eighth grade party. Nice. My nunchucks from my buddy Mario. And <laughs> Such a 90s kid statement. <laughs> Getting nunchucks Actually, it was in 1988, so, you know, take that. It, was, it wasn't even 90. For, when you, you were not in eighth grade in 1988. No, eight, eight, eight year eight old. Eight-year-old. I think it's in eighth grade. Eight, okay. No, gotcha. eight. No, no, eight-year-old. Um, I got my Back to the Future skateboard, and I remember I got on it. And I skated down the driveway, and I went boom, right on my butt. And I was the last person, last time I ever skateboarded. I had a very similar experience. I think experience. set the quarter, God love my, I think my mom. I don't know who gave it to me now. If I'm at. I just remember that in the nunchucks. I won one of the St. Joe's picnic. I was like, all right, time for me to become a skateboarder. Here we go. And I tried for like a day. I was like, this sucks. I'm terrible. I'm, not, I'm never going to do this. My other most memorable moment from that birthday party was we'd rented uh, RoboCop. And there's, there's just a random scene in RoboCop where a girl works topless to like the shower scene. And I swear, all me and my friends, I mean, we just kept rewinding everyone. And my mom walks in, we all freeze. And she's like, oh, good Lord. And she turns around and walks back out. <sighs> it took us eight hours to watch the movie. <laughs> Texture says, is there any uh, doubt that the game at UVA, the ball be overflated? Airball game. <laughs> Yeah, like LL's like we win the tip, he like bounces it, like goes up to like the goes jumbo draw. Like Super like, what the hell? <laughs> Hits him in the face. I can see them doing that. They're petty. <laughs> Texas Jordan Cornette was doing some serious head padding of us fans all game. I mean that's that's nothing new. He didn't bother me though, really. I mentioned I, I 
I've talked with Jay Alter a few times. He's a, he's, a, he's a good guy. And I sent him a message after... Mostly apologizing for him to do our game. Well, he did the Miami game, which was more exciting. That was. He did both games yeah. last week. Did, we, did you tell him he has to be there now from now and he can't not be do it from home because of Pitt? I did not pass that message along. You let him know. That's for me. I will. I don't know if he's doing another one of our games this year, but I did say, like, thank you for not doing the head pat thing. Like, that was appreciated. Where it's like, you guys should just be happy. Like, he's, you know, he's yeah. definitely going... I'm not even saying that... that Kenny Payne's definitely not going to be the guy, but for you, for all these announcers, just to say they like they know, nobody knows. Nobody knows. You can't just sit there and be like, if you think that Kenny Payne is not going to have this program back and running soon, you're an idiot. Which is basically what they're saying every single time they do this whole thing. Like, yeah, he's definitely the guy. You have no idea because you watched a, a walkthrough. You have no idea. Breaks <laughs> right up there with it. They're one in fourteen in conference, but it's deceiving. It's a deceiving. <laughs> oh, and, and then like we proceed to lose by thirty four, and it's like, well. It's deceiving because they score points every now and then. They're not losing games 100 to nothing. Like, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Stop with this. Stop with this. Texas says, I'm hoping for a big game tonight. The mad scientist has Mikasa Robinson and on Olivia Miles from Notre Dame. I won't categorize Miles as dir- a dirty player, but she is definitely an instigator. I'm hoping that Mikasa wears her out. I think our cards get a top 10. Do you think our cards get a top 10 road win tonight? We're going to talk about that in the next hour. That's Notre Dame, right? Yeah, huge game. First of two games against Notre Dame in these last three weeks of the, of the regular season. Notre Dame, number 10, highest ranked team from the ACC. UofL women will go to South Bend tonight. Look for a big W. And, yeah, I'm excited to see. Olivia Miles is a beast. She's a, an absolute baller. But Mikasa Robinson is one of the best defensive players in the country. I think that would be awesome. We'll have that game on one of our stations. We will. We can. What, chan- what time is that game? Uh, 7 o'clock tonight. We got Bellarmine going on right now behind me. Gary's in here. The women's team? Yeah. I, I hate that they I do think like, they tip off actually at five. So. Well, the, they do the, the high school thing. Like the women's team a lot of times will play before the men's team. They'll do like a doubleheader. I guess that saves travel costs. I don't I don't know. But they, they do that thing tonight. Uh, but yeah, the L women tonight. Louisville at Notre Dame. 20-4 and four fighting Irish hosting the 19-8 cards. 7 o'clock tip off. I'm not – I don't know where the, what TV is. I should have – Is it not ACC Network? I should be better prepared. I'm not sure if it's an ESPN game. Let me see if I can find real quick what we're talking about before we go to break. It's on WGTK on uh, radio. Uh, it is on. Is it not on TV at all? No. It's oh, it's on ESPN. There you okay, go. That's Boom. Impossible. The big show, the big network. ESPN tonight, 7 o'clock, Louisville versus nice. Notre Dame. A top 10 matchup. Cards looking for what would be, I think, their most impressive win of the season. All right, we'll take a break. We're going to talk about more about that at the end of the next hour. we got 60 more minutes coming your way here on 1450 The Big X. Keep it locked right here. More Rutherford Show after this.
basketball team is staying strong and almost winning games. You are still up beat today. I love We're staying it. stronger, baby. I do like the text pointed out how like a week ago you're like, I'm not even watching the games anymore. <laughs> no, I never said I've lost going. all hope. <laughs> I don't get excited anymore. Now today we lose by three to Virginia and you're like, you're doing a dance back there to Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> Doesn't make it back to stronger. Cards are gonna win. You and I are both thinking, I mean, I'm not saying, I got 24 hours to think about it. I may pick a win tomorrow. And the last two times I've picked a win, we're 2-0. Yeah, but what if I pick a win and, and my record's not as good as yours? As long as you don't guarantee a win, then I think we've got a shot. Well, no, I'm not guaranteed. If you that guarantee a victory over anybody, I'm, I'm going the opposite way. No, I'm point. giving up guarantees on this team. Uh, we're talking here. That that part, I won't go back on takes, I swear. Thank God. But well, I never said I wasn't going to want watch the team. I just said I'm not going to pick us to win anymore, which... You had no faith. This is sports, man. What is sports without basketball, without balls, and hypocrisy? Welcome to the 5 o'clock hour of the Rutherford Show here on a Thursday. We've been reacting a lot to last night's 61-58 loss, much closer than anticipated loss for Louisville at home against Virginia. Uh, your thoughts on that? You know, Do you, I like Trevor, using the term moral victories, we don't have to say that. I think mm. you, can be, you can be positive about last night's performance and recognize it as a step forward. I don't even want to say step because – for me, and I've been saying this since, I guess, like late December, it's not even about this season. It's not about improving and towards any sort of end goal because the season's lost. You have three wins. It's about the future of the program. And if you're looking for positive things to grasp onto that give you some hope that maybe Kenny Payne can be the guy who really turns this thing around and gets global basketball back to where it's supposed to be, the fact that they're still fighting this late in a disastrous season, I think is that it's the biggest piece of evidence that you have on your side up, up until this point. Because you don't have recruiting to point to. You certainly don't have wins and losses to point to at this point. I think you have weathering a, a storm of epic proportions, a season that nobody saw coming, that has been as worse than our wildest imaginations. And you still have players who are, are fighting and competing and who are buying into what he's trying to, to teach them. No, and I'm not going to argue this season isn't lost. I mean, it's been lost for i mean it's been on a milk carton for like eight months I mean, it's just weird to talk about real quick it, it, it's just weird to talk about because every other season of our lives even when we've been bad you still talk about college basketball in terms of trying to get better because you've got a chance to play until you lose right like you have a chance in the in the conference tournament or you have a chance to get hot in february and maybe make a bid for an at-large and this is just so different because we knew in december we can win out and we're not going to the NCAA tournament. So no. it's just weird to talk about it in terms of not taking steps forward and getting better and maybe get some momentum going but because step, it's all lost. But the step forward is not for this season. Right, that's what it's I'm saying. For go, it's for, as you mentioned, the program. And, sure. and to see this team playing better in 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 February and hopefully maybe, well, I guess I don't think we'll actually get any game in March for the, the NCAA tournament. We, we got to play, play Virginia. One, yeah, okay. yeah, that's right. That is okay. So, I mean, this team plays better and shows strides forward. No, it's not for this season. No, I understand that, and then it's, that's delusional to think otherwise. It's it gives you something to go into an off season going, you know, hey, you know, Ellis may come back, or we may, you know, Lands is returning, trainers coming back, you know, what what happens with Withers, the, the transfer portal becomes more enticing because we see guys that we saw step forward and move up and get better, and we know while they may not be number one or two guys. They're they're good role players that 
you can find a number one in the transfer portal nowadays sometimes. You never know. It might be a diamond in the rough, like a, a Cardell, Carlick Jones, but you can find it. It's out there, I'm sure. I mean, and, or, and you add another another piece. That, there's reason to be positive from this team playing well down the stretch, win or lose. And not in a moral victory, but in just showing heart and showing strides forward, as I said. For sure. There are reasons to look. I think you can still – it still comes down to transfer portal. Like, let's be real. It's like we're in a month-long bowl game. I mean, three months long whole game. It doesn't mean anything for the season, but it can make you feel better about the offseason and the future and, the, and next year. It still is going to come down to who you get in the transfer portal. And I, I mean, it is. That's it's huge. not just diamonds. I mean, Carly Jones was the number one player available. Yeah, but so you didn't. You didn't. Think I don't. What, what do you mean? You didn't think he'd be that good. I mean, no, but he was the he was the best of the best. My point is, I don't know if we can go out there and get the best of the best right now. Like Damian Lee was the number one ranked transfer. Carly Jones was the number one ranked transfer. We got both. They both were as advertised. The reality for most of these big time transfers, they don't make gigantic impacts. They don't. It's rare for a guy who's as good as Jones was at, at a program like Radford in the Big South to go and make a seamless transition to the ACC. Typically, it's more they go there, they play like kind of a reserve role, or they're a starter who averages like nine, ten points per game. But we need to get a bunch of those guys to have a chance. You have to, I mean, you talked about going into the season, you kind of liked that we had a limited roster because it was going to give you a chance to really see what see Kenny Payne's X's nose mentality, see if he could overachieve. There's a strong chance that you're going to get that again next year. Like, because well, we're going to have, I don't think that we're going to have an insanely talented roster. I don't know who we're going to get in the transfer portal, but it's probably going to be, you know, a combination of, of some guys coming back from this year's team. The, we have Bron Davis, we're apparently going to get, Maybe this kid from the African Basketball Academy. We've got a core of four coming back. We'll add Williams and Glenn. None of those guys are, I think, gigantic difference makers. So you're probably going to to have Kenny Payne with another opportunity to show that it was him being handed dealt a bad hand and that he can really coach. Because if you take a roster with a bunch of you know kind of okay transfers and what we're bringing back and you turn that into an NCAA tournament team, like, you can coach, and you're going to get better players down the line, and I think all of a sudden we have faith in your ability to turn that into a, a, a title contender. If it looks a lot like this year, if it's only slightly better, then the red flags are, they're not just out there, they're smacking you in the face. And you can't, I mean, and you don't have a cloud anymore. Guards are plentiful in the transfer portal. Everybody is. I mean, but you're, you should have your pick of guards, and whether you get one that's you know, at a Tyrese Hunter level, probably maybe not, but I mean, there's going to be there's going to be good players in that, and there always is. There was good players last year. There's going to be good players this year coming up again, and more often than not, you're going to get one that probably does have some experience as well, which is is nice. And yeah, I mean, you, you gotta do, you gotta do it. You just, and maybe and maybe you get one that, that you know it blossoms like in a way that Noah Locke wanted to blossom here, but didn't. It is now Providence. The other thing that I want to see, the the moment that we this season ends, whether it's you know, first round of the AC tournament, second round, what have you. And I'm not going like the in the post-game press conference there, but when Kenny Payne talks to the media in his wrap-up-the-season press conference, I kind of want to see him go scorched earth. Because he's been implying this whole season that you know there are issues here, the players aren't doing this, we're going to get higher-quality kids coming in here. I and I think in the middle of the season that's not going to play great because everybody just wants you to, to win games, but we're going to want hope and I kind of want him to just come out there and be like, 
what you just saw for the last five months was the worst thing I've ever been through. I know how bad it was for you guys. It's never going to happen again. I promise you that. Like, we're going to do this, this, and this. He kind of needs to give a state of the union to the fan base and just to shore up that, like, this was bad. This is why it was bad. This is why it's going to get better. Here's exactly what I'm going to do. Kind of what we've been asking him to do in season, but I want him to be pissed off about it. I, I want to know beyond the no, shadow of a doubt that this is. Pissed, I mean. <laughs> but I, we need to see that. We need to see something different. It can't be the same old. You know, we got to you know, like he needs to show a different side of himself than we've seen these last five months to really galvanize this fan base and have some hope in the months because, like we said with Scott Satterfield going into to last season. And it wound up not being true because he recruited at a ridiculous level out of nowhere. But the even if Payne does recruit at a ridiculous level, the eight months that he's going to have between early March and early November of 2023 are going to be unwinnable for him, for a lot of people. Like, everybody's going to say, if you could only win three or four games, I don't care what players you were working with, you can only win three or four games at a place like Louisville, I've got no faith in your ability to turn this around. And there's nothing he can say that's going to to, to flip that. But there are things that he can say to at least keep their attention and to keep them from being totally apathetic and to at least keep them intrigued going into next year. But it's going to be tough, man. Like, like he is. I mean, he's finally showed more emotion on the sideline the last few weeks, I think. He has. I mean, he, he, we went from, you know, him almost chuckling at our own errors and errors in the in November and December to, I mean, and, and I can confirm we do have a whiteboard. I have noticed it now. Oh, you have? I, I, I didn't I, pay I, attention. I have seen it. I, no, I, I actually looked for it. I'm like like looking for Waldo over here in the crowd. I'm like, is there a whiteboard? Is there a whiteboard? Uh, he he does the whole one. He brings out in the huddles. I've seen it now. Uh, I mean, it's nice to also see. I mean, while we're not getting in the press conferences, I agree, but we are seeing more emotion out of him. I think on the sideline, which is, I, mean, I guess, take what you can get. I mean, he still does the whole like just throw his arms up and like look away thing. Too much for me. I'm like, oh, okay, we get it. You're you're pissed off. Well, it's some this is how he. I think. Yeah, but it's just like, it. you know, just say something to the players. Don't just, you know, don't don't just do that. Like, that's – he does like 50 times a game. And I'm like, okay, we get it. I mean, some we people throw it. their arms up the other way. Some coaches choke a player. You know, everybody has their own way. <laughs> well, I don't think either one of those worked out well for <laughs> the people doing them. The other thing oh, I saw, one guy did get three national titles, so. <laughs> well, that's true. He ended up also, yeah, didn't end well for him. <laughs> no, it didn't. The other thing that I, I wanted to talk about that was on my, my list for today – the U of L, the official U of L Facebook page. I, I don't know if it's on the basketball page. I haven't seen it on Twitter or Instagram, but the official U of L Facebook page. They've been advertising. They're doing this deal for Saturday's game, where it's you can get upper level tickets for thirteen dollars to celebrate the thirteen team, which is it, is fine. It, it's they're trying to get as many people there as possible. This is the, their one opportunity to get a solid crowd at the Yum Center in conference play. But the the image that they use for this advertisement, and I haven't seen it on like the basketball Twitter page or anything else. It's a 2013 anniversary banner, but look, I'll show you the picture right there. Front and center at the very top, Rick Pitino throwing the L's up. Does that surprise you a little bit? Maybe does that tell you that you that is that, is that their way of hinting that he's. That's where I was going to go. Like I, I I don't know. You and I both have said we would be. I'm more surprised. I I, I was I would, I was shocked at the at last year's. I didn't think it was going to happen. And therefore, us. since it happened last year, I can't be shocked now. I can be surprised. I I kind of think he's gonna there's gonna be a Rick message. I kind of think it's going. I think because it received such almost universal praise last year, I kind of think you're going to see a, a Rick message. And Kenny Payne doesn't strike me as a guy that that's going. Like I think it bothered Chris Mack that people were still talking about Patino and that Patino. 
I don't think well, Payne just piled on a lot of things that were bothering Chris Mack. Yeah, but I think, I, mean, I, I think, and I was told, like from the when he was first here, that was he he had a chip on his shoulder about Pacino. And the very first time that I ever talked to him in a kind of social environment, like, it took him ten minutes to finally be like, "When do you think the fans are going to get over Pacino?" And I straight up, I was like. When you start winning like Rick, like they'll forget about Rick immediately if you start winning the way that we were before he left. What's what's the thing you never want to you never want to come after a legend? You want to be the one after that. You want to be the guy after the guy. Yeah, and I mean, and no, don't get me wrong, Bertino did a great job following Grum, but I mean, that's you know, that's that's, that's Bertino. <laughs> but also, the program was in a bad spot when Crum left. Like, you know, he wasn't it wasn't like Denny Crum left with the program in a you know, it was in a depleted talent spot, but not a off the court. Spot. Right, yeah. they'd won 12 games the year before. Yeah, like that's it wasn't like the program was operating. Like, but when Patino left, you can say what you will about the scandal stuff. Like, we had a he left coming off of a two seed team and was going to be a yeah, top ten team, more talented team. Yeah. Right, like the the program on court wins and losses wise was in a good spot. Yeah. And I mean, Kenny Payne has the enviable spot of it was all set up for Kenny Payne to be the hero, right? If he comes in and just wins 15 games this year, or 10, people are are. Through the roof, like we love Kenny Payne. He's great. He's he's the guy after the guy, and instead, you know, here we are with three wins. But I don't. Well, I guess he's my point. I don't the think guy after the guy after the guy because Peak wouldn't wouldn't Peaks be the guy after the guy? No, it's 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 Interim. still Mac. No, but okay. the, the the point I was getting to at the beginning there is I don't think Kenny Payne is he doesn't strike me as the type of guy who's going to be bothered by a Patino message. I don't think so. I don't think he cares. I think I think he's okay with it. He may not be a Rick guy. He's, he's clearly a crumb guy, but he brought he brought Milton, and he didn't even deliver nothing to us. And he's still around. Clearly, he doesn't he doesn't ask for anything. I think he's easy going. I applaud the fact that U of L is not trying to act like Rick Pitino had nothing to do with this. You know, I, I applaud the fact that they are at least like they're including him. He was the coach. The team won the national title. Would you would you do a Pitino me- me- message as a surprise to people there, or would you advertise it beforehand as a surprise? I'd be surprised too. Yeah. You can hint it like that because I don't even know if he's going to do it. So I, I don't. He's he's in the middle of a season. He's got a game tomorrow and he's got a game Sunday. And I don't think it's going to like advance ticket sales if Patino's doing a message. No, no. But but it, it will. He'll be applauded if he shows up on the big screen I again. So I just uh, have a nice crowd there. I mean, even last night's crowd is limited as is. They're is, loud. Is show, yeah, very getting very loud. I love it. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton's text line. Uh, quick reminder before we go back to the text line. As we mentioned at the end of last hour, the UofL women's team in action tonight for a biggie. The card's taken on Notre Dame, number 10 Notre Dame, on the road. 7 o'clock tip-off. It's on ESPN. You'll also be able to hear all the action on your new home for Cardinal Athletics, 970 WGTK. I believe the pregame will start at 6.30. Is that right? Uh, sounds about right, yeah. Somebody, I've seen somebody else be coming up in here. With what do you have on our, airwa- our airwaves tonight? We've got Western tonight. Who's Western play? Uh, I think, and is it 6.30 or 7? Seven. I think it's a six thirty pregame, seven o'clock tip off. That sounds like I think I feel like all the Western games we've had have been like that. Yeah. Western tonight is taking on uh, Charlotte, Bobby Lutz and company. UNCC in town. Diego Guevara still running the point. It's an away game. Charlotte's not good this year. You still call? I mean, I still want to call them UNCC anyway. God, Western's not good this year either. No, Western is struggling, but they have won three in a row. And Charlotte's lost five of six. I like I like the tops tonight. Tops are gonna take care of business on the road. I mean, the tops have been at home during their win streak. They have really struggled on the road. Wow, they've lost three straight road games. Yeah. And they lost to Charlotte by four at home last time they played. Nah, I don't like that. They're going to win tonight, though. Okay. I feel good about Taking it. Taking a win tonight. In the Dale F. Halton Arena. By the way, UofL tonight against Notre Dame, if they want to have a shot, they, they still do have an outside shot at winning at least a share of the ACC regular season title. 
that probably goes away completely if they lose tonight. ACC standings right now. Duke is on top at 12 and two. I went to men's for a second. I was like, no, no. Duke is on top at 12 and two. Notre Dame is right behind them at 11 and three. And then the cards in Virginia Tech are tied for third place at 10 and four. So not just talking about regular season title, but if you want that double buy in the conference tournament, if you want to finish in the top four, Louisville probably, they need to split these two games with Notre Dame. And if you sweep them, all of a sudden, hey, you're talking about not just being a top seed in the ACC tournament. You're talking about getting back into that conversation to be a top four seed in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, Louisville, half of their last four games, it's a weird schedule, are going to be against Notre Dame. They play Notre Dame tonight. They play Boston College on Saturday. They play Miami uh, next Wednesday. And they wrap up the season against Notre Dame again. Two games against Notre Dame in 10 days. So we'll get familiar with these ladies. Boston College is awful. They are. They're like 4-12 and 12 in conference. Okay. That's, that's yeah, it. they're bad. Miami's obviously a solid team, but one that Louisville I would like to think can beat. They got those Cavender twins. TikTok legends. That's all I know. Aren't they all TikTok legends? Everybody is now. TikTok boy. TikTok like, boys and girls. Like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be an Instagram model. Influencer? Myself. Influencer and Instagram model, yeah. TK influencer. You have to get on Instagram first to make that happen. Oh crap, that's right. Texas must most dunked team in ACC history, most dunked on team in ACC history, hang the banner. Put it up there. Your boy stays there, text it in. I just can't wait till they announce the Here's your final coaches poll number one, 2013 Cardinals. Your boy stays there to text it in a picture of himself. Why? I don't know. And was that meant for us? I think so. Well, he maybe wanted you to know what he looked like. Maybe. Now, you think picture that as a younger version, and now you know why I used to call him Hootie. Okay. He used to hate that, by the way. He, he asked if Louisville's going to go after Chris Beard. Uh, the answer is no. I, mean, I, don't see, I don't see it happening. Texas WWE now calls pay-per-views premium live events. They do, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, they still offered on, air quote, pay-per-view, but I'd say 85 to 90% of the people who watch it, watch it Peacock. Okay. But AEW doesn't have a streaming site, so they are traditional pay-per-views. They, By the way, I was right about the, the, the grumpy old man. It was Burgess Meredith was dead. I thought it was Burgess. No, it was Burgess. Not George. See, I was wrong yesterday about something. Didn't get called out. You corrected me today, and I was right. It's Burgess Meredith. Text line blew up about this about an hour ago. It's Burgess, not George. The Hawaiian island name outtakes at the end are best. That is the, the best part I of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I want to lay it. It's so good. Uh, oh, no. When, 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 when what's his name goes over there for the first time on Thanksgiving, he's like, he's going to give her the one. He goes, Dad. <laughs> it's a great movie. I need to watch it again. It's been a while. And then there's outtakes of him doing like 20 different yeah, versions of that. It's so and every good. time Jack Lynn is just trying so hard not to laugh. It's so good. Uh, Texture wants to know if Trevor. I hesitate to ask this. If Trevor remembers the first nude scene that you ever viewed. Oh yeah, <laughs> running scared. Gregory Hines and, uh, and Billy Crystal. There's a scene. There's a scene where Gregory Hines is hooking up with the girl, and there, there's a strobe light going, and just it's a brief second where she moves, and you get not all full side boob plus nipple. And then when and then Billy okay. Crystal walks in, and interrupts him, and she walks away holding a blanket, and you get a bare butt. Oh, yeah, that, that scene, memorable to me. There it is. But the RoboCop scene. Yeah. RoboCop right up there, too. We just kept rewinding it over and over. I just really embarrassed my mom walking all of us just freeze. We got caught watching uh, Red Shoe Diaries at a friend's house when I was Ah, uh, Red Shoe Diaries, yeah. St. Matthew's All-Star team after practice. <laughs> we're supposed to be watching... What was your first nude scene? We're supposed to be watching Sudden Death with Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> the great Pittsburgh movie 
where it's an arena that has an opening dome, but the dome doesn't open in real life. And Sandra Trigger, God love her, just walks in and she's like, guys. And like we all like think we passed out and act like we were sleeping. <laughs> and David is like, we're just watching Sports Center, Mom. And she's like, we can see your room from our room. <laughs> she like, pointed out the window and we could see their bedroom. We're like, like oh. she's like, put on the show, put on the movie again, guys. I was like, it was bad. I want like more sudden death. That was sudden. Was it? Yeah. He, he's a retired fire chief. He's gonna take down the the, the the terrorists to take over the Stanley Cup and gets on the ice and plays goalie in disguise. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> Kind of the precursor to D2 the Mighty Ducks. I mean, it's, so what, what was was that your first, what was your first nude scene in the movie? I, 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 was, I, I remember seeing the boobs in Airplane and like being taken aback by that. I remember like, let's put boobs in the movie Airplane? Very briefly. There's like a, a whole like, like cluster on the plane. Like people are flipping out and like a girl runs on the, 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 the into the picture in the frame topless. And like, I don't even remember that scene. Yeah. I remember that. Crazy. I remember the, the sex scene from Caddyshack. Was a oh, big one for yeah. me, but that, that wasn't that. Was, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Was, oh, yeah. yeah. You see, boo. Yeah, you're right. She was very attractive. I think th- those are the two that I remember. That was the one where very you're young sleeping age. with the judge's daughter, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I still can't get over that's not George Burns in that movie. It's not. Like I'm looking at George Burns right now. I'm like, how is that not the same guy? Texas House was the only medical show that I could kind of get into. I never could watch House. My aunt loved that show. I knew people who liked it. Yeah, so. and medical shows is like. I mean, they're still making them technically. I guess a lot of it's more like fire and rescue and nine one one and Chicago and like if you if you work in like the for the government industry in Chicago for anything government funded, your you guys show made after you. Yeah, Chicago Hope. Chicago Hope. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's I think there's Chicago Animal Control now with the guy from those soup soup show from E. Texas, following up on the Olympics discussion from yesterday, upcoming summer games are in Paris in 2024. Okay. I, I was right. L.A. in 2028. Okay. In Brisbane in 2032. I called into your show with John in 2016 when I attended the games in Rio de Janeiro. I do remember you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How, how, how did you forget a guy that went to Rio de Janeiro? It says, I'm anxiously awaiting to hear about, about the ticket lottery results for Paris, which will be number seven for me. Probably, yeah, we'll have a Olympics uh, correspondent if that happens. George Burns, by the way, died, I think, the same year that movie came out at, at age 100. Jeez. Props 1996. The was, senseless age of 100. He was born. That's what I'm going to tell somebody when I go back to 1896. That guy over there in New York, George Burns, he's going to live to be 100. Again, you can't just predict <laughs> things. <laughs> You're not understanding the entire assignment. There's the first. <laughs> Texter says, uh, what's the issue with Shane coming? I personally have no issues with the guy. I made a few poor choices, but vital to that team. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think it's weird. I know that there's been a, a rift between, not even a rift, but there's been distance between him and other members of the team. He just seems to not reach out to them. I know they've kind of been worried about him, but I, I couldn't tell you. Texas, Jeff Goodman said on his TV show with Gottlieb that WKU will pursue Chris Beard if they were to fire Stansberry. They may pursue him. That's one of those. That's ex- I don't know if that's. That's the- exactly what we were talking about in the last segment. If Chris Beard wants to coach next season, that's probably about the job that he can get. If he holds out for another year, gets some more time between him and this thing, then I think he can get like an, an SEC, a power conference job. I don't. I couldn't tell you what you'll do. I don't know him personally enough. Well, I think but, he probably waits. That's my guess. Just guess. That's my guess. I don't know. I mean, do you really want to have more time with the misses right now? Well, I don't think that they're. <laughs> not probably not he's good. not married. <laughs> Well, I mean, the girlfriend, I think mean, they're still together, aren't they? I I, I don't know. I, mean, I don't think they are. Otherwise, why would she drop the charges? Well, I don't know. 
Texas says, so the team has been way more dialed in and playing with more grit since Kenny made those unfavorable comments. Do you think what Kenny said was saying motivated them to prove themselves to him, or are they now treating the rest of the season as an audition for the transfer portal? My fear is the latter, leaving him high and dry to go find those guys that were raised the right way. I've got, I, I don't know. Um, I'm choosing to believe. Regretting that raised the right way thing. I'm choosing to believe that it's them responding to him. I just think that like, and this is not an excuse. I think that the style that Pitt plays is a worse matchup for us than some of the other teams that we've played more competitively against. Like Pitt, they just they punch us in the mouth, and we don't have bullies on our team. Like Virginia is. They used the same phrase in post game last night. Did they? Yeah, where Virginia came and punched us in the mouth, and we learned that we need to come out and throw the first punch from now on. Yeah, but Virginia just like they effectively slap you. It's like it's like a. They, they come up with a medical diagram for the slap that can have the biggest possible effect, whereas Pitt is like, whatever, just right hook to the face. Boom. I see, I see Virginia being like the old school, take off your glove. Yeah. I've got uh, I'm glove a duel. slap. I've got a duel smack. Exactly. <laughs> and we respond better to that than we do just like a, a right cross to the nose, or just breaking the nose. And that's kind of the, the, the Pitt way. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that, like Trevor said, I'm curious to see what Saturday is, what, what Saturday looks like. If they come out and they play really well again, and let's say they upset Clemson, then you're like, okay, it, it's them getting the message and playing hard and Kenny Payne finally figuring some stuff out really, really late in the season. If we have another performance at some point, whether it's that game or it's the Duke game or it's where we just lose by 40 and we look lethargic and disinterested, then I think you say the Miami and the Virginia thing were just sort of fool's gold. Clemson's not a walk-on. I mean, they may not They may not be down. They're playing for their tournament lives, too. And, I mean, they're a veteran team that does match up. Not our best matchup because of their, what their big man can do inside and out. And we've already established when it comes to defense, of all the things that we do lack, our big men are not the, are probably the worst. Yeah, they went from being nationally ranked a couple of weeks ago. I mean, hell, I think it was last week they were nationally ranked to all of a sudden, like, they're right there in that last four in, first four out discussion. They've got... I mean, they're 5 and 10 in the conference. Oh, that's the women's team. Yeah, mind. they're 11 and 4 in the conference. I'm like, wait a second. No, there's not. It's not so that loud. I'm like, there's no way. They've they've got everything to lose in this game and, and not a whole lot to gain. They've got to win. And this is a quad four loss for them. And they've got... They play Virginia in their second to last game. But besides that, they're basically playing kind of the middle of the conference. Like, they cannot afford to slip up here. So, any hope that we had of maybe catching them... You know, celebrating their 40-point win over Florida State a little bit too much, It's th- th- that's false hope. They're going to come in here with a lot of motivation, too. But I also just don't think they're that good. And I've been saying that for a long time. I think they're going to regress. I think they've started to regress. They had a hell of a game last night, but Florida State, I think, has also just kind of quit. I mean, they're not good, but they're they're a legit tournament team. And that's something well, we that's haven't come close to beating. Well, we, we don't know that. That's what I'm saying. Like, well, they're, they're right there on the bubble. I know, but I think, I mean, I look at them, and I think they're, talent-wise, they're a tournament team. Now they're probably an eight, eight, nine seed tournament team, but I don't think they're going to get in. That's they might not. My bold prediction. I don't. I, they they're not going to make the tournament, but they're if they lose this game, they're definitely not going to make it. They, they lost they know Boston that. College. Yeah, they're not, they're they're whatever a whatever team. Uh, let's take our last break. When we come back, we will have our final segment. Get your thoughts in at 502-414-1450. We'll also make our predictions for tonight's game against Notre Dame up there in South Bend. ESPN has the TV coverage. Nine seventy WGTK has the radio coverage. Rutherford Show wraps up after this here on the Big X.
your blood like winter freezes just like ice And there's a cold and lonely light that shines from you You wind up like the wreck you hide behind that mask you use And did you think this fool could never win? Well look at me, I'm coming back again I got a taste of love and a simple way And if you need to know while I'm still standing You just fade away Don't you know I'm still standing Better than I ever did Welcome back to the song on Saturday. I hope they don't. Imagine telling Elle Ellis that we're going to come out to this song. Wait for it though, Elle. I'm still standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bad news for Clemson. I think, you know, you know, like everybody in the 80s did like uh, rap rap songs to like commemorate their championship. Like yeah. Shuffle. Uh, we should we should have the local players do this bit this song, like a video of this. We could have like Roosevelt Wheeler and like some of the guys that don't play the back the back like the girls in the background. Go, I'm still standing. I'm just here to do the passenger shuffle. <laughs> can, we, can you see Ellis and like uh, like uh, James doing the lead on this? I mean, no, on. but I'd like to. <laughs> It'd be, be great. <laughs> the kids today love doing videos to music, right? Like they the, do. Like the Uptown Uptown uh, funk song that everybody would do uh, the the sing-along to or the Maybe Maybe. Maybe Maybe. Right at the height of its popularity. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> On top of it is always, TK. Call Me Maybe. You know, people always did the videos to those. Yeah. We 12 years do... ago. <laughs> well, guess what? It's been 12 years since we were good. Maybe we need to bring it back. <laughs> it's been 10. <laughs> and we know this because the team will be celebrating the 10th anniversary of the national championship. Number weekend. one coaches poll. Number one coaches poll team. I'm excited. Tomorrow's show, I do want to share memories. I think we'll, we'll make it more about the 2013 team, our memories there. Maybe play some clips, uh, get your memories on the text line. It, it should be a fun show. Pre just warning, we're probably not going to talk that much about the actual Louisville Clemson game because let's be real. Like the Louisville Notre Dame game last year, it's kind of an afterthought. It's more about the celebration than it is. I mean, it, it reminds me of the Lamar Jackson ceremony too, where it was like, "Cool, we beat Syracuse, but we're here for Lamar." This I mean, is what it's about. Doesn't it kind of feel like the less we talk about a game, the better we play in it? Kind of. I, you're not wrong. You you spent like 20 minutes talking about pitching because I was out. I remember I was out before that game. I think. Were you? And you did like a yeah. I think I I think that was when I left early for the. Um, AEW. That's right. I think you're right. And I was driving, and you know, I'm almost positive that was the same night. And then you, you did like the five o'clock hour. You did like a 20 minute breakdown. We had to talk about sports. You weren't here. <laughs> Sorry. What else do you want me to do? <laughs> so you did like, because I remember listening to it, you did like a 20 minute breakdown of the Pittsburgh. And that's more than we've talked about any of the Virginia game. Yeah. Virginia, we, well, we purposely ignored that yesterday. And, and, the, and the Miami game. And the Miami game. And they both went and well. I don't think we talked that much about probably FSU as well. You're probably right. Yeah. The, the less we talk about this team, the better they do. Yeah, I, I think I think we've discovered something. Okay. If we completely ignore them tomorrow, maybe we win. It's the old, uh, you know, dating mentality. Just treat them like bleep, and they're you know they come running. It, it it does have a merit. I don't think it does, but it can, in it, this it, case, maybe you got to pick and choose your, you, who you're doing it with. <laughs> Once, another day where I see Lamar Jackson trending, and I'm like, oh, what's what's going on? And the second tweet is a link to that Deshaun Watson Clemson game. <laughs> I'm telling you, every single day. A buddy of mine texted me the other day. He was like, would you trade Jalen Hurts for Lamar Jackson? I was like, ask me this a year from now. Yeah, let, me, let me see what Jalen does back in the second year in this system. Yeah, I mean, anyways. Uh, a year a year, a year ago from this day, like a year, a year earlier, I would have said yes in a heartbeat. The, I guess this is all trending because Jonathan Jones, who covers the Ravens, says, per sources, it's my understanding 
that the Ravens did not fully integrate quarterback Lamar Jackson into the hiring process for their new offensive coordinator. And then a bunch of people are just responding to him and saying, here's an interview from Lamar from today saying, yeah, he was involved in the process. So I know the Atlanta rumors are heating up too. Are they? Well, supposedly Atlanta went all out for Deshaun Watson and fell short. So, I mean, if they, if they're going to do a Deshaun Watson like thing and give him three first round picks for him, then if you're Baltimore, it's, it can be hard to, to turn down. Yeah. If you're not wanting to give him the money. Yeah. We'll see. I'm they might get rid of the trade, too, probably. Very intrigued to see what happens there. Rooting for my guy, Lamar. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. Got about 15 minutes here to get your thoughts in on today's show. Texter says, could we not even get the number one AP poll, at least for the banner? People keep saying this. The AP poll does not do a final. Yeah. I think I asked you that from day yeah. one, and you told me that, yeah. They do it because they're like, there's no point. The tournament decides who's the champion. And in the last AP poll of that season, we were not number one. We were number two. We were behind Gonzaga. Even though we won the title? Didn't Gonzaga get beat in the second round? No, this was before the tournament. The last AP poll. Oh, Again, they don't okay. do They don't do a post-tournament poll. I was like, Gonzaga got knocked out by Wichita State in the second round. Yeah, they do. So the last poll was after the conference tournaments and before the NCAA tournament, and we were not gotcha, number one. Gotcha. So we were, we were number one in the last coaches poll but technically not number one in the last AP poll. Yeah. So that's why you couldn't do it. But yeah, uh, the poor coaches poll just catching strays. Everybody's like, it's not even the best poll. Why are we using the coaches poll? I'm like, well, they don't do an end of season AP poll. Texas says, Trevor's tunes making me, I can't say that. A little feisty, Randy? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Hey, I'm surprised. Well, these songs are doing it for you, but my Valentine's Day soundtrack didn't? The same thing said, how mad would you be if Patino showed up at UK this weekend celebrating the 96 and 98 teams. I made a, a, a big prediction on the radio when this all happened, when, like, they, when Rick first got fired. And I said, I bet that he winds up going back to Rupp before he goes back to the KFCM Center. And I still stand by that. The videos are one thing, but as far as like setting foot inside, I bet he goes back to Rupp before he goes back to Louisville. When would they honor UK's next? There's still a couple, like three years away. I mean, it's three years from now, it'd be 30th, wouldn't it? Well, let's see, 98 right now is the 25th anniversary. I've never been big on the fives. I've always been more on the on the, on the twenty five though is like what it's like the silver guess, anniversary. Yeah. It's a big number. You're talking about you're talking about celebrating the five years for Virginia and they've got a guy that's on the team still. I mean, well, they, <laughs> it's not, but this isn't five years though. That was. Uh, but I'm just saying, that's, I don't know. Like, like minimum, mi- minimum is ten for me, and then I'm, I'm more. I guess twenty five, but I'm more like I'm more in the third, the, the tens. I guess. I think we did twenty five for like the eighty six teams and the the eighty teams. I feel like I remember those. Yeah. It's. It, for whatever reason, 25 gets a lot of attention. Quarter century. Who knows? I guess. So, yeah. But I think that Patino will go back to Rupp before he goes back to, to Louisville. Well, he'd have the opportunity, I guess, before here. I mean, he had to be. It depends. It also depends on what he's coaching still. I mean. Yeah. It just says, I have no idea if anything he said was true, but uh, Nick Coffey just had Shane Bahannon on. Okay. Props to Nick, by the way, for that kid. He's saying that UofL didn't invite him back. Hmm. Yeah. I was actually looking. I knew Shane was on his show, and I was looking to see if I could find some quotes. And I assumed he didn't say anything moving because I hadn't seen any quotes online. But that's kind of a interesting quote. <laughs> I mean, because Shane was one of the players that they had to, they disassociated with when the because the, he would not work with the NCA. But they have ended like there's a I think it was like a three year period. So that's over for Montrezl Harrell, which is why Trez came back last year. So like that shouldn't be the reason. The, the disassociation has come to an end. Shane should be able to come to events and stuff. Not inviting him is... I mean, do you think it's true? I've got no idea. 
I find it hard to be. I mean, I, I'm a, I don't want to call Shane a liar, but I mean, I just don't understand the logic of why you wouldn't if you're U of L. I, I know, and this isn't from anyone who's at U of L right now, but I know people who are on. They have a group text for the, the title team, and I know that they were having a, a conversation last year about who was going to come back for the Russ Smith thing. And I know that I mean Shane was was invited. Like they were wondering if Shane was going to come, and Shane had kind of said, I think he, he he had said he wasn't going to come, but he knew that he was welcome to come. I. That didn't seem to be an issue last year. It was just a matter of him not wanting to be a participant. That's very strange. I mean, we were saying you're turning it down. You, I guess you don't want to tell people that. Make you look bad, make them look like the bad guy in this situation. I guess. I mean, Shane was more involved. Lil's in, probably not going to come out and be like, no, we invited you. I mean, they're not going to point. I doubt they do that. My players say it, but I don't really think they would. I mean, he was, if you want to get into the, the details, he was more involved in the stuff that wound up getting Louisville in trouble than... I think anybody on the team. No shock there, really. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that has something to do with it, but I, I don't know. Uh, Texas says Shane said on the radio that the NCAA and Kenny Klein said he wasn't allowed at the celebration. And can the NCAA do that? First of all, I don't think they can. And I can't imagine Kenny would do it either. I mean, yeah. If the NCAA is saying that. Because Kenny would still give me press credentials. I can't imagine he'd do it to Shane. Yeah. <laughs> probably pissed Because according to the NCAA, like like Shane was part of the problem for sure, but Trez was also technically ineligible. Yeah. And somebody else was technically ineligible. Like so, I can't imagine why they would be like Trez is fine, but Shane's not. Like that just seems. I don't, I don't think they would go into those details, but who? Knows? I don't. I don't know. Texas says there's no way that JJ Trainer should come back. He's the worst three point shooter, and he's still skinny forward, and he's turnover prone. Get rid of everyone and just start over. First of all, he is nowhere near the worst three-point shooter. He's not good. Not horrible either. 26%. Takes probably more than he needs to take. Yeah. But, I mean, I watched the guy. She's not a horrible shooter. He probably, One of his biggest issues I need to work on is a floater. He keeps dropping it short. He takes, Those are all good shots. He just short on every yeah, time. Every time. So, I mean, yeah. He's left a lot of points on the floor with that. I mean, listen, he's not, again, it's, I'm not acting like he's – but to say you don't want him back, that's just – I kind of find that ignorant. I mean, you, you, he's a – He's a great teammate you'd want back on the team. I'm with you on that. I don't get that. Sorry. Texas Trevor, you were right. The first time Denzel Washington was on St. Elsewhere, Blair Underwood was on L.A. Law. Ah, I screwed it up. Texas said, did uh, TK ever go to Club X? We've got to start digging into his past. No, never went to Club X. Do you remember? Were you around? What for, is Club X? I don't even know what Club X is. I don't either. Were you around for like the, the tsunamis? Tsunamis was like, a, it was like, the, like no. the, the nightclub for like, Early teenagers, no. Like freshman year of high school, going to tsunamis was like a big thing. No. <laughs> it was uh yeah. I was. hung out with more of the burnout crowd in high school. It was I I didn't I I went like twice. I we, never, we, did we, not have fun. We hung it was not out, my scene. We hung out more at graveyards and Denny's and <laughs> just digging up people. <laughs> well, we were you know you seemed to get less bothered when you chilled on a. You know, and I've told you before, it's the one right over near your house when you're coming up Breckenridge. The one, yeah. The old it's got all the graves from like 1800s. Yeah. Um, at Browns Park, that's where we staying out because if any if if, uh, if someone was going to pull up and catch you, you could see the car you could, the car headlights early enough to to run. Yeah, still there, still loosely chained. You can still get in there if you wanted. To. Oh yeah, well I, this is younger Trevor. I didn't need to loose. I just hopped the fence then. Well, that would be yeah. Yeah, nowadays Trevor wouldn't get over that fence probably. <laughs> Texas, I think that Rick will actually get more praise this year if he's shown because he got pretty much cleared. But that's a, a fair point. You get the exoneration from the NCA. I mean, people don't even care about last year. They're like, I don't care if he's guilty, gets a show cause. He won games for us, by God, and this sucks. We're going to cheer for the man. But, yeah, he's he's been exonerated. He, 
I, I assume he'll get a nice round of applause if he does send a message in on Saturday. I'm so I'm just baffled about this Shane Mahanan one. I'm too. I I want to go back and listen to this his show. I want to this podcast. I want to hear the tone in his voice the way he talks and says it. Yeah, I like to hear what he has to say. It, it almost comes up to me. Let's get Nick on right now. Just, <laughs> just, just call him. Let's bring him on the show. Let's, let's do a joint like crossover. Let's interview him hey, about his interview of Shane Bahannon on our show. If the Simpsons and Family Guy can do a crossover, why can't we? We can. I love it. <laughs> Texas, do you think that Chris Mack will coach again? Yes. Yes. I think it'll be a couple years where they kill coach again. I mean, he has no reason. Bro. I, I think I think you've talked about it. I think the daughters are like our seniors or something this year. One's gonna... already a freshman. The other one, um, when, I, when the older Haley, high school kids graduate, I think is when he comes back. Yeah, Haley, who's like a star volleyball player, I guess Missouri. She committed to Missouri to play volleyball. Nice. They had a change in their coaching, so she decommitted and she committed to Vanderbilt. I saw yesterday. So yeah, props to her. Yeah. But Sacred Heart volleyball is very, very good. Yeah, well, I think I player. think when the girls are at the age, yeah, I think you'll see him because the sons are young enough where he'll just get back into it while he's still. Yeah, he's like six. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, I know he's under, yeah, he's like, yeah. I knew he was under 10. So. Texas tops on top, baby. Again, West Kentucky basketball coming up on our airwaves tonight. Taking on Charlotte and Diego Guevara tonight at 7 o'clock. Two school, one school I went to and the other I actually looked into going to. Look at you. Look, I visited UNCC's campus. Texas says, better the night. Is Bellarmine to cover the three and a half point spread versus North Alabama? There you go. Yeah, North, screw North Alabama. We hate them. I, I don't like South Alabama more, but North Alabama is really annoying. Texas burgers and fries or tots? Fries over tots for me. Uh, I mean, it depends. Primarily fries, though, but if I'm going to Sonic. I want tots. Yeah, that's fair. But if I'm going like, yeah, nine out of ten times, it's going to be yeah, it's going to be fries. Unless I can get chili and cheese on it. Chili cheese on tots is better than chili cheese on fries to me. I like chili cheese fries a lot. Yeah, I mean, we're literally just talking about potatoes. Anyway. I know. You're right. <laughs> Texas, uh, Shane rebounded like a man during that game. He needs an invite for that alone. He did. He was a beast. I mean, that, yeah. He was, especially the second half. The second half is the primary. Yeah, he was, he saved our butt on multiple possessions. Shane's issue was that he just didn't do that consistently enough. Like, he uh, he, he, do, he was that guy whenever he wanted to be, and he, whenever he didn't, he just <laughs> he didn't want to be. That has, was, has that effect on some people. That was kind of it. Well, among other issues. That, yeah, that I was, know. I just, yeah. I did like Patino being like, I've given this guy more ch- more chances than I've given any player in my entire life. If I'd been at UK, he would have been kicked off the team before he played one game, and Shane just never took advantage. He, just, just, he was just a big kid. I mean, more chances than Roderick Rhodes. I mean, Roderick Rose wasn't bad off the court, but he was pretty frustrating on. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that there were a lot of issues, and probably he was probably given too many chances. Character, Shane was. I mean. <laughs> yeah. character was, I mean, character got shown the boot after his second season. He did, he did. Well, Shane didn't have, he, he was not much longer after. I mean, yeah, he, he, they, they kept trying. He yeah, just did not try. Texas, you kind of have to take everything that Shane said with a grain of salt. He did not sound very competent in the interview. That's that's why I'm intrigued to hear the, his voice because yeah. that. I have it, I find it very hard to believe that Kenny Klein would tell somebody you can't. I do too. Like that seems like That's, it, that baffles me. I mean, he's also not the, like Kenny. I know Kenny's working in a lessened capacity, but like he's that's not his job anymore. Yeah, between that and the NCAA, I don't I mean they both sound like. I mean, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine that the NCAA reached out to Shane. They're like, hey, you can't come. That had to have been something that was relayed to him by somebody at U of L, saying this isn't yeah. our decision. It's it's the NCAA's, which I can't imagine is true. Which if, if the fact that he says. Prior to that, to date, Louisville didn't reach out to him. That means he reached out to Louisville personally and asked to be there. Otherwise, how would he have gotten this information if Louisville never reached out to him in the first place? Exactly. I, I don't. I, I don't know. 
Texas Grady Dick has been the most impressive freshman this season. His stroke from a three point range is something that most shooters don't have. He's been great. I feel like he just wanted you. To, he just made that. that I think so too. Just to make you say some of those statements. But I think that Brandon Miller's better. Grady Dick's great. Yeah. Great Dick. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes the shot leans to the left a little bit. But some, you know, some some shooters like that. Some yeah. rims are okay with that. When he gets it straightened out, though. I mean, usually hits it. Yeah. You don't like you don't want the, you don't want he, now he is not a fan of the 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 deflated ball though. No. No. Got to get air in those balls. Yeah, he has to. <laughs> he could spend like all four else second doing. He's great. He played well. Uh, he was I mean, um, if, if he was a backcourt mate with Peter Jerkin, I'd be in heaven. <laughs> I mean, I I predicted they would lose to Oklahoma State on Tuesday and he pretty much I don't say single-handedly won that game, but he was the best player on the floor. He's I, really good. I, I was doing a show uh, this is very, I mean, you know, long ago because Peter Durkin's been played at IU for years. But uh, like the first time I saw his name, I think I spent like five minutes. I couldn't stop laughing. Like a tech, like someone texted him, he was like, "Quit being so juvenile. It's not that funny." I'm like, "It's pretty, I don't know, it's pretty damn funny, man." <laughs> Texas, something tells me that Trev was a big Tech World guy. Tech World is that the arcade? I have no idea. I played at Aladdin's Castle mostly, but I was, I did, I did arcade. Yes, I was a big fan of the. Was the arcade still popular when you got... Well, you didn't even go to the mall anyway, so how would you know? Yeah, I don't think it was. I think Techworld was the place that's over by Stony Brook that was the standalone, though, if I remember right. I don't know. And I did not go to that place, but I did do arcades. Texas, speaking of first, me and like four of my buddies are over at R's house. Uh, we find a tape, pop it in, and it's our stepdad just giving his mom the business. This was like 1993, so one can only assume the amount of work they went they put into this with one of those big old camcorders we were like nine to ten years old oh yeah that was all of our first intro into P and V, and r included that's a rough moment for r i remember even a little later on in my life i was standing at my buddy danny's house on a sleepover and it was like his his dad was like okay you boys go to room now you go we had a nintendo and we played tecmo ball i had to like go do something i went to go get something in the kitchen i remember coming down the hall and like i could have swore i heard the theme from doug playing like do 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 do. Yeah, you told me this before. Yeah, and I walk around the corner and his dad's watching porn, and I'm like, yeah. all I do is the next day, me and Danny ripped that house apart finding that video. It's a brazen move. We found the video. Texas <laughs> is Trevor sad about Angelo Cataldi's retirement? I'm not because he's one of the worst hosts in the history of sports radio. I don't recognize the name. I don't know who that is. I feel should I know that name? No idea. I saw my boy Renshaw posted an article on Twitter that was about him from his radio, young radio days. It was pretty interesting. Okay. Somebody talking about you know, He's a Philly guy. Angelo Cataldi is, I guess, the big sports guy in Philly. I did not know that. I'm, I'm, I guess Big Eagles fan. There he goes. The guy's just going to try to call you up. That's fine. I, don't listen, I mean, I think Philly radio, whose name comes to your mind? I don't think. Tony I don't, Bruno? I don't know any radio. Yeah. You don't know Tony Bruno? No. I, I, Trevor, I know nothing about sports radio. All right. Uh, I, Tony Bruno now, That's that, he's a pioneer in sports radio. He's from Philly. Text that I really hope that KP can get the top talent in the portal this offseason. That's clearly the kind of talent he needs to win. He should be gone next year if not. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, Texas, do you go with steakhouse wedges, shoestring, thin cut, waffle, twister, or curly fries? I like the wedges myself. I like shoestring fries, but they have to be the right kind. Jaggers is the best shoestring fries. They're delicious. I, you've got yeah, they do the best because they they make steak and shakes look like crap. I, and I like steak and shakes too. They're not bad, yeah, but Jaggers because they do a spice on it. It's really good. Uh, tonight, as mentioned, Louisville taking on number 10 Notre Dame. Jeff Walls and company going up to South Bend for the first of two games in 10 days against the Fighting Irish. lot on the line here. Louisville keeping its thin hopes of winning a share of the ACC title alive with a win tonight. More importantly, maybe 
bolstering their NCAA tournament resume with what would be probably their most impressive win of the season. 7 o'clock tip-off. It's on the big network, ESPN tonight. If you can't make it out, uh, if you can't don't want to watch on TV for whatever reason, you can always listen on 970 WGTK coverage. We'll start there at 6.30. TK, do the ladies get it done tonight in South Bend? I think so. I think this. I think yeah, Louisville's on a row. They've been playing better. They won four in a row, I believe. Um, three or four in a row. I think they won in a row. So four in a row. You got yeah, four in a row. I thought I was right. Um, so yeah, I think you know, Jeff Balls has sometimes had Notre Dame's number. I mean, if it wasn't for then own Muffet. Yeah, if it wasn't for us getting screwed by Carl, you know, Shepard style in the Final Four, we would have beaten Notre Dame for the national title. We would have. I think that was his cousin reffing that game, if I remember right. Uh, I was a Kentucky fan, actually. Yeah, it was Carla Sheffers. She actually, <laughs> she's from, I think, I want to say Marion County, which we talked about yesterday. She's a Kentucky native who uh, is a UK fan. Yeah, she screwed us. Who, yeah, watched our, our, our uh, was it Monica Robinson or Monica Robinson? Who was it that got pushed? I forget. Nah, it doesn't matter. But, yeah, so, uh, no, yeah, Louisville wins tonight. I'm going to say Louisville wins by five. Close game, though. I think we get beat tonight, but we win the comeback game on senior night uh, in two Sundays. I think I think tonight is Notre Dame's night. I'm going to say 71-62. Cards take care of business against BC, win a close game against Miami, and then are hitting all the right strides going into the AC tournament with a win over Notre Dame two Sundays. But tonight, hope I'm wrong. Let's get this W. If they win, we'll celebrate it tomorrow. It you know good. what? Tonight and homecoming, please don't take this as a sexist comment, but give those ladies a broom because it's a sweeping time. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even see what you, you realize what you did until the end there. Now I, I, now, I, to, now I feel bad about saying it definitively. It's okay. Go Listen, cards, don't take it personal. Go cards. Beat Notre Dame. Everyone have a fantastic Thursday night. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow at three o'clock. Still